Welcome to episode 24 of an Axe Throwing Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Feinberg. Today, my guest is Tabitha Fisher, head judge of WATC 2022 Team Milk Crate. <laughs> That's me. That Ta- is me. Tabitha, thank you for being here. I, it's an honor, honestly. When you asked me back in August, I believe it was, I was super stoked to just know that you knew who I was because I have listened to your podcast. Um, I save it. <laughs> I am a grandma and how I relax when I'm super stressed out. I listen to the podcasts and it's one of them. So um, it's exciting. I, I enjoy it. So, Well, maybe you can teach me how to uh, listen to myself to get less stressed out because <laughs> I don't li- I don't listen to my, my internal brain to get less stressed out. That's where I go to get more stressed out. So. That's true. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. But so, yeah, you're you're killing it on this podcast, and a lot of uh, good friends and people that I've like not a ga- got a chance to actually speak to in tournaments, but I know them. Um, listening to them talk as well, it's been pretty cool. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you for listening to one episode, let alone multiple. So I, I appreciate yeah. it. Um, cool. So I guess uh, right, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of axe throwing. We're, we're going to talk about other stuff outside of axe throwing. Um, but before we get to that, what was Tabitha's life like before axe throwing? Boring. No. Uh, um, well, I worked, I used to work in veterinary medicine. Um, I got emotionally burnt out on that, which is huge, um, in any medical field, but obviously veterinary medicine is very high up on that list. Um, so I took a break for a year and a half and worked at a very small office in Strongsville, Ohio. That's uh, that's where I went to Strongsville or I went to where I went to high school. Okay, there you go. Strongsville 05. Okay, I graduated in 10, but a very small school called Jacks Milton in Ohio. But it's it's tiny. It's nowhere near the size of Strongsville or anything like that. Um, But yeah, so I applied to be a receptionist at this job, and I wanted no responsibility at all. I was emotionally burnt out. I just wanted a paycheck. I just wanted to say, hi, good morning have some candy. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Well, they quickly realized how efficient, organized, and smart that I actually was because I was not leading on to that. Not saying receptions aren't smart. That's not all I'm saying because that is a hard job. But um, they realized that I was way more valuable than what I was just doing. So I ended up in a corner office and handling things all over the country and in Canada, fixing, um, repairing medical devices and things like that. So, um, I did that. And then David, my fiance, now we went throwing in 2019. It was the worst experience of my life. I didn't stick one ax. Uh, the coaching sucked. Um, so yeah, I, we went home that night. I told him I wasn't done throwing. So he built me a target in the backyard and I got better. I started sticking. And I told him, um, I could do this better. I could. So we did. And um, I do have business partners uh, that helped us kind of like get on to where we're at. Uh, well, how to, you know, build out our location. Um, and then we opened our doors January 31st of 2020. So, um, so it's a good time, been- good time to start a brick and mortar <laughs> business. Yes. We were there six weeks before we got closed down for 12 weeks. We literally made it by like the skin of our teeth. So, 
Well, I'm glad you did, and I'm glad you're here today. That's uh, that sounds uh, like the most stressful thing I can imagine. Yeah, honestly, it was. It, I mean, it was. Uh, it's hard to believe that we're about to be celebrating our three-year anniversary. Um, I left my career, and I've been doing this full-time since 2020. So I know not a lot of people get to do that for their businesses, which is just, I know that I'm incredibly lucky. And then on top of it, now I judge full-time as well as running my business and trying to juggle planning a wedding and friends and family. It's hard. I juggle a lot. So, and I'm not good at juggling. So. Well, uh, so I, I, I definitely want to dig more into like, you know, like the, the kind of venue owner side, like the judging side, but, um, so it, it sounds like you said you wanted to be a receptionist and then ended up in a corner office, like managing stuff all over the yes. continent. Uh, with me and some of my like tech friends, we, we use a term called like a, the curse of the competent. Yep. That's a hundred percent what happened there. And with <laughs> Like, did you, like, did you find yourself doing tasks? You're like, oh man, I know if I do this, like, like, I'm yeah, just, I'm- so <laughs> the thing, issue, I did it to myself though, because the issue is I would be bored. And so I would go to my bosses, um, in this company, there was only two females. It was me and the HR, Mary Jo, very nice lady, um, <laughs> And I'd be bored. So I would go to my bosses. There was three of them. And I'm like, hey, is there anything else I could do today? And they're like, oh, yeah. How about you do this? And like, they'd give me, you know, an Excel spreadsheet or something like that. I would knock it out in less than an hour. And I'm like, anything else? They're like, oh, yeah, here you go. And I, I would do that. And David was like, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> you told me straight up, you just wanted to have a chill job for a little bit. You need to stop being so good at what you do. And then I just, I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. So, well, what, what I heard was you're like, I got bored. So I asked for something to do and then you did something helpful and they're like, Oh, Tabitha's helpful. And cause I, I feel very much the same way. I'm like, like, I don't like being bored. And then I get like anxious if I'm like, Oh, I'm not contributing. So then I'm like, Oh, well I'll find, try and find something to do to contribute. And like, Oh, good job. You contribute. Oh, do you, here's another thing. You're like, Oh, no, I just made more work for myself. Damn it. 100%. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Yep. Um, but you know what? It, it was it was hard to leave that job. I remember when I um, – I didn't even put in a two weeks. I put in a whole month Good so I you. could train um, the next people, which they had to hire three people for what I was doing. Um, and so, you know, I was in tears. I was in tears walking away from that. And I, I only did it for a year and a half. Um, I'm still friends with some of the guys that I worked with and whatnot, but um, it's crazier to know that I opened a business at what 27. Yeah, 27. I'm 30 now. So, so, so you left that job to go start. When you were telling them, you're like, they're like when you gave them the month's notice, right? Which is like super considerate, right? Yeah. Um, I think I've only ever given more than two weeks, maybe on a, like one or two occasions. Uh, yeah. And you're like, I'm going to go start an axe throwing business. They're like, is it? Or, no, but for real. Like, Yeah, but honestly, they were very, um, very supportive of it because um, they all opened the, They all did this business on their own as well. And I told them, I was like, listen, we have this opportunity that's presented to us. You know, at this time before COVID, David was doing a lot of traveling for work and they knew that. And so like, 
<clears throat> that was really hard. And David kind of wanted me to start traveling with him. So, cause we don't have kids. I have the freedom to be able to do that. Um, when I told him that I was like, yeah, we have this business opportunity that I think I'd like to try out. My boss, Jesse was like a hundred percent. If you're going to do anything, always bet on yourself. And if you need a safety net, we're here. You're always welcome back. You know, you, you did amazing. So I've, I tried to make sure I didn't burn that bridge <laughs> just in case this went south because there for a moment in 2020, I thought for sure I was going to be going back to repair authority is what the business was. So, uh, thankfully I did not have to though. Um, but it was nice. It was nice. You know, they, they, they weren't against it. They were like, hell yeah, have fun. But in case it just doesn't go the way it goes, you're always welcome back. So oh, there that, we go. That, that makes sense. I've, I've had that. They're like, well, good luck on your adventure. Uh, if you want to come back, your door's always open. <laughs> like, yes. That, I mean, I think that that's the best way. Don't get me wrong. There has been a few jobs that um, we didn't leave on those types of terms. And that's okay. Does, you, you're not everyone's cup of tea. Trust me, that's another thing that we're probably going to talk about today. I know <laughs> for a fact I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, and uh, that that's all right, you know? Yeah. That's all right. So uh, one of the things you mentioned, so, you know, you mentioned that you don't have kids. I also don't have kids, right? So I'm, uh, I'm very much, and uh, I have, I'm I have so like, happy for you. I, think, I have like, <laughs> a, I think I have, I have like five brothers and sisters and between them and in-laws, I think I have like 14 nieces and nephews or something. I, I can't keep track. Um, I know most of their names, uh, even with like the duplicates, but. Um, yeah, uh, I'm one of eight. <clears throat> I'm one of eight siblings. So that's all the birth control I needed. <laughs> Um, Where are you at in the lineup? Are you closer uh, to the start, the end, the middle? I'm a middle child. So technically, I'm a middle child because we are a blended family. Um, but I like with this blended family. Not only do I have step siblings, but I have like half siblings. I got I got so, three half siblings. I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. So for my set of parents, I'm technically the oldest when it comes to my younger brother. But with my other half siblings and things like that, I'm I'm the epitome of a middle child. I remember walking in, <laughs> saying some bomb to get one of my siblings going, a fight would break out, and then I would just, like, duck out of the room. I'm like, uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Walk in, stir the pot, later. Yeah, bye, and then just move on, you know? Uh, so, yes, I think that that's a huge reason why. I mean, you are one of five. That's enough as well. Um, I... How many nieces and nephews do I have? Ten? Twelve. Twelve, if we include David's, which is the family that I'm marrying into. And we've been together nine years, so that's... I'm very much already involved in that family. So I think I think the number's around twelve, but I... Listen, nieces and nephews, if you're listening to this podcast, I all I love you very much. At this moment, right now, I can't think of all of you. Okay, there we go. I do know all of their names, though. So that's better than I. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I. I'm not good at math. Um, yeah, I, I've heard an acronym. Uh, for well, it, it's appropriate for me because like I, I listen to punk music, but the acronym punk professional uncle no kids. Oh, I like that. I haven't heard that one before, but I do like that. Or I've uh, I've heard it for a, a version for couples, which uh, 
Uh, it's it sounds funny. Uh, dink dual income the no dink. kids. I just found that out on TikTok. Dual income no kids. Yes, that is David and I. Yeah, I, and when uh, when my wife and I got married, we did uh, we did we just said no kids, and like some people got upset about it, understandably, right? Um, but like we didn't live by our family. We lived in Texas, and everybody was like in Ohio. Uh, but then some of the parents were like, "Hell yeah, I get to go enjoy the wedding." Like, cool, good, like. We just did it yeah. at home, so we couldn't like accommodate everybody plus all of the kids. Oh yeah, and I won't be, I won't be. But thankfully, where I'm at now in my life, my parents and you know his parents know that we don't want kids, so it's not a topic anymore. So I, it was no question. Like when people knew that we were planning the wedding, they're like, "It's no kid, right?" And I'm like, "Yes, a hundred percent." no children there might be kids at the actual ceremony uh because i may be including a few like for the cute shit but at the same time i i might just nix it all because i don't want any of my nieces and nephews being like oh you picked me over that one but i don't want that because my oldest niece is uh 22 she just turned 22 in october um i was eight when she was born so you know my sister was a young mom she was there's 11 years between me and my older sister. So I see you doing the math. Um, but, and then, and then David's oldest uh, niece, Mar- Mariah, Haley, uh, she just turned 21, you know? So like those two, they're going to be invited because they can drink. They're legally of age, you know, but the other ones, they reign. I have them from 22 and my youngest nephew, um, Beckett is going to be one next month. So, we have a huge, a huge range, you know, I, but I, as much as I love them, I, I'm not going to have them all there. I don't want to, I don't want to hear your screaming kids, be it even my blood or your, you know, your random kid. I'm not, I'm not paying a plate for your child, for your little co- like crotch goblin to just throw some nuggets <laughs> on the floor. It's not happening. <laughs> I, that, that, that makes sense. I, uh, wait, my, my oldest nephew recently graduated high school and, uh, I actually took him and uh, I think his his sister, one or two years younger. I took them axe throwing uh, somewhere in Omaha. Um, oh, okay. So that was fun. Uh, but Do they it, like it? Are they going to compete? I don't think they're going to compete, but they had fun. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so that's cool. Now, uh, I know, so you said you don't have kids, but you do have dogs. Oh, my, my famous dogs, yes. Link and Chrono, the loves of my life. They are also above David, and he knows that. <laughs> Uh, so mm-hmm. so David reports to the dogs, dogs report to you? Yes, that's exactly how it goes. Uh, both of our boys are huskies. Um, amazing dogs. However, if you do not have the time for them, uh, do not get them. I'm going to make this PSA right now. If you're never home, you don't have a fucking schedule for them as a puppy, you don't want to put mental work or physical work into them, do not get this breed. Everyone loves them because they're beautiful. Um, but not, yes, they are handsome, but they are loud. They shed constantly and they are destructive. If you do not give that, you know, you don't, you don't train them. And my dogs are very well trained, uh, but they're a pack animal as well. So they don't do well if you're not, if you're not home, you know, um, this year was kind of tough because we have been traveling quite a bit and link my oldest, he's five chronos our youngest at four years old. Um, He's excited when we come home, but then he gives me the cold shoulder for like 24 hours. 
and you kind of got to like, you know, I got to be like, I'm sorry, I'm home now, blah, blah, stuff. But, uh, so we don't board our dogs because of that, uh, just cause their anxiety would get a lot. So my mom, thankfully she's staying with us cause she sold her house. Um, so she's kind of trying to get a new one, but I, I might try to convince her to stay because she's been watching my dogs for free this past year, which has saved me thousands in boarding facility costs. And, uh, there's only a handful of people that I would trust with my dogs to begin with. So, uh, they're, they're great. Except Link is super obnoxious. He talks from the moment he wakes up to the moment he goes to bed. Um, there'll be times that Dave and I are trying to talk across the house and he'll be howling and I'll be like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the dog. So (laughs) I tried to tire them out today though. So they weren't obnoxious. That's right. Uh, I, I I can I can deal with some uh, some talking dog. Do your um do your do your dogs know the sight of like your your travel luggage? That's how like my dogs are. Yeah. Like my wife had this blue backpack, and as soon as like the blue backpack came out, dogs were like they just start getting real like sullen. Like all right, a hundred percent. They know, um, they know what our axe bags look like, like our book bags. They don't get too upset about those because we do take those everywhere. So like. I take that to work. They know we're coming home with that. But the moment that our suitcases come out, they're like, oh, great. And they just kind of follow me around as I pack up. And then Link tries to lay on the suitcase and give me his best pup dog eyes um, just to get me not to go. But uh, we FaceTime with them when we're gone and we get a lot of photos sent to us. So it's it helps. I uh, we I've had like good dog sitters i've had like uh, i've used i've had mixed results on rover and we have a, I have a good dog sitter right now but she doesn't send enough dog pictures see you can never go wrong with dog photos even if you think like it's a dumb photo fo- send it send it please i miss them honestly when you guys see me at tournaments and i'm checking my phone it doesn't happen often but when i'm checking my phone i'm looking at dog photos like it's the highlight of my day. That's how I get through tournaments with you guys, you know, 12 hour, 15 hour shifts. That's how I get through it. Getting photos of my dogs. And, well, then you're like, well, I, I, like if my wife and I are traveling, like oh, we got a dog picture, right? Like it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, exciting. It's like it's blues clues. Like we just got a letter. Like, yeah. And then David and I, we'll get, we'll get different photos. So at night, cause David and I do not spend a lot of time at tournaments together which it took people up until this year to realize that we were actually a couple because we're not, we don't do a lot of PDA. Um, obviously we're not married, so we don't have the same last name right now. Uh, <laughs> so at the end of the day, you know, when we back up at the hotel or Airbnbs and I'm like, look at the photos mom sent me. He's like, look at the photos mom sent me, you know, like, so it's, <laughs> it's good. It's good. You're doing like a dog picture, go fish. Yes. Yes. It's a fun time. That's awesome. All right. I think uh, I think I got like one more topic, kind of like a life outside of axling before we kind of do a deep okay. dive on the axling throwing side. Uh, you got a new tattoo recently, correct? I did. Yes. I got a new rose tattoo on my uh, left arm. Uh, so I'm, I'm heavily tatted. Uh, I think it's my signature, honestly, besides black clothes or my tattoos. I couldn't hide them if I wanted to at this point. Um, my left arm is... Uh, representation to everyone that I've lost. So uh, I've lost two siblings, which I've been openly, I'm open about depression, things like that. So anyone listening to this, if you ever need a moment, you need someone to talk to, or doesn't matter the time, um, day, we might not even know each other, but I'm always a shoulder for you to lean on. Uh, 
depression is, you know, it's crazy. Everyone kind of battles it and every, there's different levels to it. So, um, how I process through a lot of my grief and things like that, I do get ink. Uh, that just happens with my left arm. My right arm's pretty fun. It's all Greek mythology. I have Hades on there and I have Medusa. I'm about to be getting some sirens put on there as well as, um, Zeus and Poseidon. Uh, I have Cerberus on there as well. So, Pretty, pretty exciting stuff. And then like my shoulders are tatted. Um, I'm about to start my leg sleeve because I'm running out of room on my arms uh, and working my way up. So uh, yeah, I, you know, but not all my tattoos have meanings. A lot of them are just for fun. I enjoy artwork. My cousin's a tattoo artist. So shout out to Kenny there. Um, anytime that I need ink and I'm ready for it, I just holler at him. Like literally the rose for my brother, Michael, I text him on a Wednesday and uh right before worlds actually and like the week before and i'm like hey i'm due for a session and he's like yeah what do you want and i'm like you know what, what's your books looking like and he goes i can do tomorrow for you or friday because he's always down to work with me at any time and so uh we picked friday i went in and got tatted and i was ready to go to worlds the following weekend so that's awesome. a good time hopefully it wasn't too itchy while you're trying to judge no honestly have you i know you have some ink i don't know if you guys you know if you if you've ever used Sanoderm or yep. Second Skin, huge, man. Like wearing that for a few days helps so much. Uh, I was carrying lotion with me, obviously, at the the tournament, but I, whoever decided Sanoderm was like a way to help heal tattoos, it was a game. It's a game changer. Like it, it's no more of that flaky, you know, scab. Mm. Like it's awesome, and and. It, it just works so awesome for your ink. Like it's, I know there's several, several members in the community. Kyle Durant, for instance, mm -hmm. head tattoo, that awesome wolf. I am in all of it. Every single time I look at it when I'm behind him and I'm judging him, I'm like, that is just, it's gnarly. It's, it's beautiful. It's just, it's crazy. It's like, I know that some of them might be like, oh, I don't like Sanderm. I don't really give a shit where you guys stand on that. I'm a huge <laughs> advocate for it. But obviously in this uh, sport, a lot, a lot of us are inked up. So I, I mean, I can't imagine someone saying, no, I don't like, I don't like the second skin. I think it's dumb. I'm just imagining you like getting distracted while judging. They're like, judge, what's the score on this one? You're like, Oh, hold on. I was looking at your wolf tattoo. Yeah. I mean, honestly, his, it, I, have you seen it? Oh, hell yeah. I was going to say, how can you miss it? He, he's about to be on ESPN with it too. You know, he's going to, he's going to definitely get some, some shout outs for that. That it, it and I think Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe he was a tattoo artist at one time. Mm -hmm. Kyle's done it all. He's hats off to you, Kyle. You are a man of a jack of many trades. So, yeah, I um, I bought uh, bought one of his axes at Worlds and I uh, threw it on two beautiful. days' notice, and then uh, and then I dropped it because I didn't practice with it enough. That's uh, damn. I, I told him I was like, oh, I dropped it. He's like, and I'm like, I had a catastrophe. He's like, oh no. I'm like, oh no, I just dropped it. It just got a zero on a score. The axe is fine. He's like, <laughs> oh, okay, I thought it exploded. So yeah. he does so, beautiful so. work. There's so many people in this community who just do amazing work. Um, I, I'm not a crafty person, so to to be able to see what they bring to life is just amazing. I am a huge I'm a huge fan of his axes. Very one of these days I'll buy one. One of these days I'll take away my tattoo money and put it towards an axe of his cuz I think they're gorgeous. I uh <laughs> I got I got in trouble cuz uh so it's good it's it's, it's uh -uh. good it's, it's good quality stuff and it's like uh at like the Twisted Axes uh Christmas party and like like I didn't 
I wasn't like hiding the fact that I bought a new expensive axe for my wife, but I didn't. I wasn't like boasting you, about you it. You were, yeah, omitting <laughs> the truth. You know, you just it hadn't come up in conversation yet. And then they're like talking talk about it at the part, and like I heard about what you did. Like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to show it to you. Look, isn't it pretty? Like, <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> um. So cool. Now uh, I guess so. You to kind of actually transition into the the axe throwing side. Um. So. Y'all, y'all went and like through somewhere. I think you said it was like 2019. And you're like, we could do that. We could do this. We do this better. Let's let's do it better because I didn't stick one axe. That, that's the whole point of fucking axe throwing is not sticking an axe. Yeah. Yeah, we're axe throwing, not dropping. How uh, how long? Like, what was the amount of time from like first time axe throwing? Like, how how did you hear about it? Was it like a just like the internet, a friend? Like, do you know somebody that did it? Um, our business partners and friends, obviously. Like, and it. Where we went wasn't too far from our house, uh, so that that's that's where we went. We went on a Sunday fun day, and uh, I I this is a running joke. People already know this. I literally say I opened our venue out of spite because I knew I could do it better, and that's how we got into it. So, literally, I paid way too much money to fucking be there at this time, and it was like pre-COVID, so you got like squished in with people you don't even know, and like. It just, it was just shit. And so as we were drinking, uh, we went out for margaritas afterwards and I was really upset. Like, I remember when the coach was like, oh yeah, this is everyone's last throw. Let's get it in. And so I go to throw and I didn't land it. And I, I look at David and I'm like on the verge of tears and he, cause I'm a competitive person. And he goes, babe, it's not that serious. And I'm like, I'm fucking better than this. All right. He's like, I know you are. I was like, no, I am. So I told him, I was like, I'm not done throwing. So we went to Home Depot. We spent way too much money that same afternoon. We're talking same day shit. We built a makeshift target in the backyard. We bought six different axes and I started throwing and I started sticking. Like I finally stuck in my backyard on some fucking hard pine from Home Depot. Doing it myself. You know what I mean? So it's just like, you can't force someone to want to be a good axe coach and you can't force someone to be a good judge that's something else that we'll probably talk to this about this evening um so yeah out of spite i just i just knew i could do it better and i did it so So. like how how long did it take you to open up your spite venue like like from like that sunday fun day to like all right here's the keys nine months damn that's that is fast i move fast (laughs) i work fast all right i'm i when I'm it locked in on something and it's something that I want to get done, I'm tenacious enough and I will not stop. I will not stop. So probably, yeah, what? We went through in like March or April. We signed our lease November 2019. We did the build out and opened up in January 2020. So, yeah, that's about nine months, right? I, I, that sounds about right. I wish I had that. Like, like I can hyper-focus at practice. Like, I could throw for three <laughs> hours uninterrupted. But like once I go to bed, like <laughs> everything resets and it's like, huh? Well, oh, I was excited about something yesterday. Well, today I'm excited about something different. <laughs> yeah, no, um, that's yeah. I just we did. I mean, and I remember building out. Um, it took us a little over two months to build out. That was just because David and I were both working our full time jobs at that time. David still has his big boy job. That's what I call it. Um, He's a senior cybersecurity engineer for Cleveland Clinic. Uh, He's very good at what he does. Uh, Very humble. But when we talked about doing this, 
he obviously was not going to be giving up his career just in case this went south. Because again, I just worked at a little office job. So even though I was making decent money, it's not, you know, it's not enough to be like, if this goes south, you know, so like, yeah, that that's, so he's our safety net for sure. But now, I mean, we've, we've made it out of the thick of it. So that's awesome. Yeah. 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 I, I, I know I've, in the podcast I've talked about, like, I've thought about trying to open up a venue in OKC. Um, and I'm, I, I've, like, made the tiniest of tiny baby steps on that, which is I text somebody on a space that I thought looked cool, like, how, a realtor? Much, how, much, is, <laughs> how much is the rent? That's it. Yes. That's my first. It took me six months to get that far. So mm-hmm. at this rate, I will be dead before I open one. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, it, it's hard. It's hard. Opening a business is hard. So I get it. And it's, it's a lot of not wanting to do shit. Like there's a lot of days there that I had to do things that I didn't want to do, but you know, it has to get done. So for sure. Now, uh, so where I, I guess, you know, cause you, you still throw. So, uh, like where, where and what are you throwing? Like, Oh yeah. I think this was a Mike Dolan question. First off, he asked my first acts. We can kind of oh, oh, do yeah, that. My first axe, I'm not going to consider what I threw at home my first axe because I genuinely don't even remember. I know one of the things that we bought was an S-Wing at the time because it was like we bought six different ones between Harbor Freight and um, Home Depot. But my first real like competition axe was a good old Ace Hammer hatchet. Um, I had like five of those at one point. I was giving them away. I gave one yeah. to a coworker. He's like, oh, man, I think I want to get my own axe. Take it. I'm not right. doing, I'm not doing time trials again anytime soon. You can have it. Yeah. So uh named him Beetlejuice. I wrapped him up. It was like white, black. He was my first one. He, you know, I won a few little local like things at my venue with it. Nothing crazy, just like a couple what matches and whatnot. It was it was a lot of fun. But now I do throw uh a Gen 2 Ace of Spades with some gnarly artwork from Jessica Renner on it. It's a Medusa. She's really badass, really sexy. Um, one of the first handles that David has ever made. That's another thing. David has like, he's making handles now and he he's doing really good on it. And people are loving them. People are buying them. I have yet to still get a nice one. I have like one of the trial one runs, like even though it's beautiful, but I'm like, all right, guys, simmer down. I'd like one myself, uh, but it is gorgeous. Um, and then I do throw a Queen of Hearts and um, a Gen 1 Butcher for my duels axes. So um, I, I just like those for the blade coverage. Um, my ace, I just love for my my hatchet. She's 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 gorgeous. She's beautiful. So I'm not going to throw her in duels to get her all fucked up. So I throw hatchet and duels. Um, I used to be able to throw big axe. However, last year I had to have an emergency surgery, uh, on my shoulder area for, um, it was like, a it was benign, but it was like a benign cyst slash tumor, uh, very invasive inside. They had to like cut through some muscle and all that fun shit. So it's hard for me to consistently throw big axe for long periods of time now. Uh, but I do enjoy it. I just don't do it competitively at this moment. Gotcha. That makes sense. And I assume uh, when you're throwing duels, I assume David's partner. Hell no, David. Um, <laughs> David and I do a lot of things well. Being duels partners is not one of them. Uh, Michelle, uh, I'm gonna fuck up her last name. I always do. Sorry, Meatball. 
Uh, we're team meatball, by the way. Michelle Titchinger? I don't know. Uh, she's She just got engaged to Jay Bryant. They are a couple, Jay Bryant and Michelle. But she is my duels partner. Um, we're team meatball. We have claimed a couple trophies in some local leagues and whatnot. She uh, She's my better half when it comes to duels. She She's my better half on that. Okay. Cool. When um when you I guess like when you have to travel specifically if you have to like fly with your exes what uh how do you how do you transport yours you use uh, like a like a pelican case or just a regular old luggage or uh so David has a pelican case because of all the axe handles that he's producing and the axes he cerakotes and things like that um so I'm not the diva when it comes to traveling because that man travels with so much I only travel with one or two depending on what I'm throwing on but to tell you the honest truth um I. I'm head judging a lot of things these days, so I don't even get to throw in these tournaments. I don't really pack an axe anymore. Um, but when I do, they usually just go into the Pelican case or a checked bag. Um, all my sheaths are made by, I have a couple from Vin, shout out to Vin, a couple made from Lucas uh, in Pennsylvania. And then my girl Tiffany here in Ohio, she's kind of starting to get into sheath making, nothing crazy, but uh, she's she's doing like some pretty solid work. So I always try to like, uh, support my friends, you know, like, so put my sheets on there and they go into a check bag. But honestly, the last time I traveled with an ax was, um, I guess July, that was for the U S open. I did throw in the U S open. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, went in a check bag, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't get to throw anymore. Honestly, not, not, not too much. I, I'm working my dick off uh for you guys at these <laughs> tournaments so that's what i do now <laughs> that, yeah that, i guess uh how did you um like how did you get into judging i think uh, mm-hmm. jessica asked like uh you know how did you realize like that's my jam yeah so obviously i'm a venue owner and we have to have leagues so you start judging there whatever it's nothing bad but um I volunteered my time in 2021 US Open and I was stuck in a rinkadink corner and excuse me I'm going to cough <clears throat> um and I guess I just made an impression of how well I was judging um and another reason why I fell in love with it is because a lot of people don't understand how much wasted time is happening when you have shitty judges your tournament is only going to move as well as your staff. When I, when I say staff, but I'm saying like a tournament staff moves. I run a tight ship. I do not want to be here until midnight. I don't. So I'm cranking you guys out. Um, I follow the speed of the throwers. I keep the audience engaged, but for the most part, when I'm in a lane and I'm being a lane judge, I'm a hundred percent just focused on you guys and making sure that you guys are throwing hot. I'm not slowing you guys down. If I don't need to go in the lanes, I'm not going to go in the lanes. You know what I mean? Like if now that can't always happen, I have to go up and make calls, but I got to stay calm. I, I know the rules. I always, that's another thing. It's funny. I actually read the rules on any flight or driving into a tournament. I carry my folder with me at all times. I read those before every single mat, uh, every single tournament, um, and I know it like the back of my hand. So I, I just don't like wasted time. Hence why I opened a venue in nine months. I don't want us to live there. 
And I think a tournament can only run so smooth as long as you have a well-oiled machine behind it doing it. That's, if that makes sense. That that makes sense. And shout out to all the judges at WITC. One hundred percent. Talked. I know I talked about that. Uh, Zach and I, Zach Crawford, and I talked about that in the previous podcast episode. But like that, like I what I think. What was the latest that any anything went like? Because there there was stuff on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. What was the latest? I think Saturday was probably the latest. Um, that went until what? I think like nine nine thirty maybe. That's like I mean like to to be you know to to be ending you know like before ten p.m. I think that's a tournament that size. A hundred percent. That was a well smooth, you know, that they were, they're, they were putting it out. I'm not, I'm not taking that away at all. And I, I worked very long hours with a lot of um, judges who volunteered their time. Scott Miller, shout out to him, Ethan, uh, Joe. I mean, there's a lot, but I think there was uh, a Carol, you know, there, there's a lot of you guys, Steven. I mean, there's a whole list that I can give a shout out to who worked their asses off in hall a that's the hall that I was at. Um, and thank you guys. A lot of them stayed longer than they even needed to, because you always have judges who don't show up. And that's the thing is again, you can't force someone to be a good judge, but you also can't force people to be judges in general. You know what I mean? And it's, I think people, it's easy for people to want to sign up and volunteer and be like, Oh, I'm going to judge at uh, at the world championship. Yay. And then they get there and they realize it's hours of work. You know, it's hours of moving. It's hour. And sometimes they don't want to do that. They'd rather drink with their friends and, you know, throw and that that's fine. That's okay. But at the same time, these things aren't possible unless we have people who enjoy doing it. So that's why I always, always give shout outs, making sure my judges are taken care of. They're getting potty breaks. and Because when I judged the 2021 U.S. Open, I didn't get a bathroom break. I held my pee for almost eight hours one time. Uh, I can't do that. I'm, I'm in my mid-30s. Now. Well, I guess I, I guess I just wouldn't drink liquids. Yeah, and I think 2021 was a turning point after the U.S. Open for them because a lot of things changed for judges during that time. Like judges now were not allowed to drink during judging, things like that, because at that time, some people went, they left, they got shit-faced, and they didn't come back for their shifts to sign people out. So it's just like, you know what I mean? It, it's, a, it's a dick move. It's, it is, uh, you know, so it... But again, you know, there was, um, there was even throwers who volunteer their time, which majority of them were that weekend for championship this, you know, 2022. Um, and props to them. I know, I know it's hard. It's hard to juggle that. And then, you know, you're throwing, you might be throwing six hours later, but still it's hard to, to do both. So those who are doing that awesome to you guys, we wouldn't be where we're at, or you know, honestly, we'd still be throwing if it wasn't for people, uh, volunteering their time, we would still be throwing here two weeks later, trying to get it all done. So, um, but yeah, I got into it because, um, there was a lot of waste of time. I don't like wasting time. That there was sense. a lot of people not knowing rules at certain things. And I'm like, no, we need to, we need to get better at this. Mm-hmm. And then I just fell in love with it somewhere along the way. And now I'm, I get asked to go out and judge these tournaments, which is just, I'm honored, honestly, like it. 
no one needs me to be there, but the fact that they want me there and how much I have worked to be in this position, it's awesome to even be recognized as that. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm already booking tournaments for 2023. So can, uh, can, can judges get sponsored? Is that ethical? Oh my, which brings me to my next topic. I sh- I wish I could. <laughs> I'm trying for White Claw hardcore. <laughs> um, whenever I'm judging the melee, that's the only one that I am allowed to ju- uh, drink at because it's not officially a waddle like sanctioned thing at this moment. Um, I always do shout outs when I'm throwing. Uh, when I do get a chance to throw, I'm always posing with the White Claw. So White Claw, if you, you know, you, you hear me, Team Milk Crate here would like to also <laughs> be Team White Claw. All right. But uh, well, I think you have to tell the milk crate or explain the milk crate because I, I know I introduced you to that, but I didn't give any context. <laughs> yes, so I'm a short shit. All right, <laughs> I'm only five one and a half. Uh, so those difficult calls with the kill shots, I needed a stool. We're at WATC, getting ready for my first shift. Uh, you know, Friday, and I'm like, hey, where are the stools at? And they're like, oh, that's a perfect question. We don't know. We were told we are going to have stools. We don't have stools. They're like, we have these chairs. No. First off, these chairs were flimsy little conference chairs. For those of you who have not seen me in person, I'm also a thick bitch, all right? So, like, I'm not, you're, I'm not climbing up there. Why? So that could break? <laughs> you got me fucked up. So I ran to the bathroom real quick. Came out to wash my hands because the one sink was broken, but they had like an outside sink that we were using. And there was like a milk crate with a bag in it. They were using it just for like little, like for your paper towels underneath that. And so I took out the trash bag and I grabbed the milk crate and I was like, hey, I'm using this this weekend. Don't touch it. So I put it down on the edge and uh, it followed me around. There's photos. I know John. Took, snapped a couple photos, Scott. Every, a lot of people got photos because people love when I have to climb up on a stool for some odd reason. Like <laughs> it's the highlight of their day. <clears throat> so <clears throat> finally, I, I mean, I mean, I'm. It was my trusty sidekick. Literally, I'm sprinting. I'm working my ass off. Anytime it was a kill shot, I'm like, hold on, let me get my, let me get my milk crate. Uh, so Sunday rolls around, it's the finals and they finally find the most jank ass steps, step stool. It's an off blue color, rusty, barely opens. And when you do open, it's like, creak, like that. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Mario's already annoyed. It doesn't match the blue or the red. I'm like, it. It's okay. I'll try my hardest. And I was like, well, wait, my, my milk crate's black. I said, if I absolutely need my milk crate, can I use that? And Mike, Mike Warren thought that was, he was like, that would make for great TV and I'm for it. Go find your milk crate. I'm like, hell yes. <laughs> so I find it, bring it in and I hide it where my other stool was. It's behind the, the, the curtains. Nobody, you can't see it. it's black anyways. So I tell Mario, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to nix the, that jank ass step stool that you found me appreciate that my guy but no we're gonna use the milk crate and he goes or you could just grow <laughs> and i started cracking up and i look him dead in the eyes and i was like you know i had not thought about that option mario but you're right i'm 30 that is something that i should be able to do 
So I'm going to go fuck myself. <laughs> I'm going to go sit in that corner and I will try to grow a couple more inches. All right. And then as I walked away, I turned back and I was like, also, you know, Roger's like not super tall either. Right. Like, and he, he just gave me this look. I was like, it's fine. It's fine. And so like, I walk away. I do like Roger. Don't get that wrong. Um, Roger's a, a short king. We'll, we'll call it that, you know, no, he's average height, but you know, I mean, he's, he's shorter than Ben. Um, <laughs> so after the, <laughs> after everything goes down, I ended up not needing to use the milk crate, which is great. You know, it's all right. I was too nervous to do it anyways, if I had to, I tell Mario, and now this is a hundred percent going on record. I said, Hey, I know you're a businessman. If you want to get in and start making stools, I'm for it. However, I want a piece of that pie and I'll help be the face for your stools or milk crates. So hopefully, hopefully he hears this and we will get, we'll get a line of Waddle's stools going on. I, I want a pro line milk crate. That, right. That's the thing though, is it has to be a milk crate and it has to be black because I won't do anything else. Um, I'm pissed off that they put me in gold for the jerseys. Ben got a huge kick out of it. Every, literally everyone who was getting ready to hand me the jersey, they had the best time handing me that jersey. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Can, um, I, I, I also like to wear all black. Um, but can you articulate where you're – because I can't – somebody's like, why do, I don't like – I don't know. I just, do you know that black protects your energy? Uh I don't really know what my energy is. Uh, yeah, so it's just it helps it helps just ward off others' energy to you. You know, like it also it's a power color. Um, not that I use it for a power color because I know most people think of a power color. Red is a dominant thing as well. Red in business is like, oh, they mean business, and that's a stern, bright. You know, it's loud, but really dark. Um, black is just a fierce color, even in nature. Um, and I just feel the baddest when I'm in all black to tell you the honest truth. I'm the most confident in black. I have porcelain skin. I'm very pale my entire life growing up. Um, I just wasn't a tan person and used to be like bullied about that. Sorry, I don't want skin cancer, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so yeah, I just, I fell in love with, uh, with black and I, I don't wear a lot of bright colors and I don't like, I think it's because I'm so pale that colors just get lost on me. It does. I don't, I feel washed out. It's it, or loud. I don't like, I'm already naturally a loud person. I don't want to also draw attention what it needs to be. be being a naturally loud person. Uh, Cause I, I'm, uh, I get yelled at for using my outdoor voice indoors. Uh, yeah, me too. No, but it's, I'm not I'm not trying to. It's just I grew up in a loud household. We shouted from floor to floor. That's how we communicated. I yell all the time. If um, you can't see me because I'm so so short, you're definitely going to hear me. Um, have you ever been shushed by a stranger in public? All the time, and I tell them to fuck off. See, I I was I was working from a coffee shop at like 11 p.m. Uh, and I was like talking to my buddy, I was like teach him how to do some software stuff, and uh, the person. We were like, this coffee shop is a big table, kind of pub, public table. And they, they, they write like a little post it. They write a little note on it and they fold it up and they like slide it across. Like they're making me an offer. Right. <gasps> and I, it, like, I did, so I did, much I did. worse. And then, and then I, I, I unfold it 
And I mean, I, I kind of knew what was coming. And so I unfold it and it says like, can you please use your indoor voice? The other thing is like my, my like operating system is like, I've like, I know how to be a dick, right? Like if I need to, I can, yes. uh, like college bill, like, like that, that like, like, <laughs> like I can, I could do it. It's a tool that I have available in my toolbox, but it's not like a tool that I like to use all the time. Right. Like, Correct. um, and so, like, in that situation, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> and especially if I get, like, excited or if I've been, like, drinking some beer or something, I'm like. I think it- that's worse, though. I think nothing is worse than you're, like, having a great time with your friends or, you know, your family or, and someone's just like, you're on a level 10. I need you to bring it down. Like, n- stop doing that to people. If you're one of those people listening, stop fucking doing that. Nobody likes to do that. The, the other, the one of the things I don't know, right, is because like I've been to way too many concerts and I like I rarely wore earplugs, and so like my hearing, like I might not be aware of how bad my own hearing is. Oh, so, 100%. Like, so like, like I could be what I think is whispering to my wife, and she's like, they can hear you, and I'm like they can't hear me, and it's like. Oh, shit. They probably heard me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's anything. You know, I think there's people who enjoy being quiet and then there's people who enjoy being loud and just let people be people. You know, as long as they're not being super inappropriate at the wrong times, fuck off. (laughs) That's all I can say. That brings me to my next thing. I have resting bitch face very bad. Terribly. I'm aware of this and it's all in the eyebrows. Like you and I can see each other right now. I know others can't right now. It's all in my eyebrows. Okay. Sometimes I have to make a conscious decision to have to raise my eyebrows. So it looks like you can talk to me and that's completely okay. My biggest pet peeve. And I really wish people would stop doing this because people do it at tournaments too. stop telling me to smile. Wait, that like I stop telling me to smile. That happens. It happened. I lost count how many times over this pat at WATC. It's usually guys. Stop telling people to do that. I feel like that. I thought like telling telling women to smile was like a a well known. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> like yeah, people are still doing it though, and it's so frustrating because like I'm working. What what's the I I I imagine you've got like some witty comeback. Like what what would be like like what would be you the, your version of that like. Like if you like, because right, I'm I'm very much uh, like my my dad's a contrarian and he'll say stuff I don't agree with and I can't pull him into a place of like being reasonable, but what I can do is I can out devil's advocate him and be more unreasonable than him for the sake of the argument, uh, and so like you know he'll like spout off about something that I don't agree with right you know like there's yeah. a whole like like you know like. You know, it's just like like trans people swimming thing, like a little bit ago. And he's like, and so, oh, so right, yeah. and so that's its whole thing, right? That's like, and so he states his case on, like, right, cool. So like, that that's fine, and like whatever you say, Mrs. Feinberg. Uh, and he's like, no, I'm a Mister, and I was like, yeah, I don't respect your pronouns. That's what I'm telling you. This is, <laughs> like, Dad, I don't respect your pronouns. <laughs> like, I guess I don't really have a comeback to it. I just just stop telling people. And I know that we do, I get it so much more because I'm already a woman on top of it. I'm not a loud feminist. I'm not. I won't. Uh, there's some things that I agree with, some things I don't. I, 2022 is a hard, hard year for being a woman. 
A lot of rights got stripped away. We're still fighting on a lot of things. I have my own health issues right now. Um, that's heavily documented in my in my chart at this moment because Ohio deems it illegal. So like you, they're saying like I need it for medical reasons. But it just stop doing it. Like tournaments are already stressful, and those who know me in this, I, you guys know me as a head judge. That's what I'm doing. I'm working for you guys during those weekends. So I'm in the zone. I don't need to walk past you and you'd be like, you should smile. Smile some more. Hey, it would get better if you smile. It'd be a lot better if you sucked my dick. That's usually what I say. <laughs> It'd be a lot better. Shut up. Shut up. Just, just please just, auto- just automatically. Just, just, just like, you, you know, you like... <laughs> You should you suck know, my you, cock. You, you would look you'd look more friendly if you sm- suck my dick. <laughs> suck my dick straight up. And I've said that before. Kiss my ass. How, All right. Like how was how was your time at Worlds? The head judge told me to suck her dick. <laughs> <laughs> I hope <laughs> I'm not even sorry. <laughs> and I know I did say that to someone. The issue is I don't know if that someone was a friend of mine or not. So <laughs> Hey, we could still be friends even if we're not. Just stop telling me to do that. (laughs) That's uh, well. I'm sorry. uh, I'm sorry that uh, one that people told you that that people are still saying that, and two that uh, uh, yeah, that you had to deal with that. But uh, I think I think you found the solution. I think you got to figure it out. Yeah, I actually got to be stern. uh, I think I made uh, John Bradley spit out some of his drink at Worlds. Oh, I love this because he's like. Uh, I was like, walking, he's like, how'd you throw without missing a beat? Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's just like, you know, Tyler, when he's like trash, he's like on ESPN. He's like, I'm trash. And that is a huge running joke um, for us in the Ohio uh, community here because I, my, my throwing nickname is trash. And why? I don't know, because I'm actually a decent thrower. I'm a really good thrower, honestly. And um, when we were at Tribal, uh, shout out to Dave and Rebecca Corley. Amazing people. Awesome venue. Love them to death. Went to Virginia Beach. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Flynn put on a skills thing during that whole weekend. It was a lot of fun. And Finally, after working all day, you know, I was able to participate in the skills thing and I have a few drinks and we're throwing and stuff. And as I'm going back to the hotel, there's throwers there who are staying at the hotel as we are. And they're like, oh, my God, Tab, I didn't know you're staying here. But like, also, oh, my God, I didn't know you were such a great thrower. Like, I only know you as a judge. And I'm like, yeah, I throw. I was like, I also own my own venue. And they're like, oh, my God, like, they're just blown away. So it's crazy. I've definitely made strides of i know people know my name but it's funny now because people are starting to know me as just a head judge like they think that i don't do anything other than that but i still can hold my own when it comes to throwing so yeah so just gonna surprise beat some people in matches like i but i thought you just judged (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's i was throwing so i was throwing knives uh in tribal and uh lucas johnson gave me a quick tip because at first i was just dropping i couldn't get it he says one he told me one thing to change i start getting him i was nailing him i'm like five six five four you know i'm like there he goes all right calm down and i like look (laughs) at him i'm already a couple 
Jen Mules Deep. I look at him like, I'm coming for your world's bid, motherfucker. <laughs> like that, he starts dying. Like, I do really love Lucas. I love Jenna as well. Um, good, good people. So, yeah. That's that's awesome. Um, what was, uh, I guess, like, we talked about uh, WATC a little bit. Like, what were some of, like, your favorite memories from WATC? Oh, God. ESPN. Um, and honestly, a fun fact, I'm an emotional person. People don't know this because they just see resting bitch face tab during tournaments. And that's a whole thing. I'm in work mode, but I'm a very emotional person. So Sunday, as we were getting prepared and standing there and I'm looking at the targets, I kept blinking back tears like I was, that was the first, I think really genuinely like one of the first times in my life that I was truly a hundred percent proud of all the hard work that I've done. Because when I received that email from Mike about being invited to judge on ESPN and his whole length, he sent me a very nice email. I didn't post that for everyone. Cause I guess I'm still a little humble. Um, but they noticed my hard work. They know how much I've been uh, sacrificing this past year. The respect that I have built with all throwers. Um, I kept, I just kept blinking it back. You know, I wanted to call my mom. I wanted to call my mom and be like, Hey mom, I made it like, look, you know, like, um, and I did not shit the bed too bad. Cause I got invited back to the U S open. So I'll be doing that again. So, that's definitely one of my hum- my my biggest moments, and I know that a lot of people had some questions today about um, what are some of my favorite matches and like most memorable ones. <sighs> About to break a lot of hearts right now. I do not remember them. Um, I do not see your guys' faces when I'm judging. I do not see your axes. I don't. No, I don't pay attention to your names or the back of your heads. You know, I'm looking at your feet and I'm seeing what's on the board. And the ones that stick with me the most are the bad ones. Um, the hard calls. Uh, but when it comes to the great ones, though, I know that I was there because we have photos of them. And I, I couldn't tell you who it was. I couldn't tell you. Um, okay how great it was. And that's, that's the thing is even when I walk in and I'm doing a head judge, uh, thing, I walk up, I'm not paying attention to who's staying at those lines. I'm paying attention at those axes, which one I'm supposed to look at. And then when I make my final call, I don't even look at the throwers. I look directly for my judge. I'm talking to you. This is a five, you know, and, and then I move on. Um, so I, unfortunately I can't, I don't know who my best one is. I can tell you I enjoy watching you all throw, though. I enjoy watching it from the sidelines and seeing it, but I don't have a favorite. One doesn't stick out to me because if I did, I feel like that's when favoritism starts playing in, and I just I can't I can't look at you guys as friends or family or anything like that when it's happening. You guys are just two random people at the line. So when you get that judge jersey, RoboTab? Stripes, yep. I'm... <laughs> just i'm in game mode i'm thinking about rules constantly that's usually what i'm thinking about and an asshole's like hey you should smile (laughs) (laughs) 
Suck my dick. <laughs> Suck my dick, all right? <laughs> I'm going over everything in my head right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going through it all. And that's the thing is, I know there was an anonymous question um, asked about that, how I keep my composure and whatnot. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I pulled up. Yeah, if you, wanna, if you want to ask it. Yeah, I'll just read it. Uh, verbatim. Um, uh, how do you mitigate the stress of making impossible calls while maintaining composure and still remembering all the rules at play? Uh, for most judges, quite a lot. Uh, most people in general, uh, for that matter. Any hints? Study. Study, study, study. Like I said, even though I know the rules like the back of my hand, I still look over those rules right before I go into a tournament, right before I go to bed that night and I wake up and I'm fresh. But a thing is, is I don't know if anyone's ever caught this or not. The first thing that I do as I'm walking in right before I step up to a target, I take a deep breath. I compose everything and I think about all the main rules in my head that I need to know. Do I see pen on that other side? Is there red on the other side? You know, things like that. It, you, everyone knows them. This is the time though that you have to be confident on it. And I take an extra moment. You know, I bring out my flashlight. I'm looking at everything. I go back and forth. I want to make sure, is that actually pen line? If that is a pen line, is it matching up with what the circle should be? Or is it a dirty board? Because let's be honest, we all know what a dirty board looks like, you know? Um, confidence is key. You got to fake it till you make it. And you got to keep your composure. Breathing is a big one. And <clears throat> knowing that you already know the rules, you can't second guess yourself. If you're in a situation like that, you're second guessing yourself, that's when you make those bad calls. So study nonstop. That's all I can tell people is, and I still do that. Like people laugh and just like people were took that photo of Ben on this flight with his little binder, you know, and I had my folder in my backpack that I was reading, you know, I have it tabbed on my phone. I pull it up. You know, it's just, it's constantly studying. It's, it, I want to be good at it. I want to be the best at it. This is what I need to know. Are there, um, I guess, are there any, I guess, rules that you think maybe, um, are like, like people just, uh, are, are like, like confidently get wrong or, or like any like repeat offender rules that like I have to constantly correct people on X rule. I can't think of any as a thrower, but like I only throw in a small it's number. It's crazy. So I'm part of obviously like the certified judges on Facebook and granted a lot of these asking these questions, I've not met them at tournament settings. Hopefully, but it's mind-blowing to me how people still don't understand that the fucking pin line counts for bullseye. Stop doing that. I'm I'm sorry. Like, that's fucking rule 101. Like, so yes, no, th that's a repeat offender right there. That one right there is, um, that it's, it's, it's a lot of the small things to tell you the honest truth. It's like, I think the I may things have, that I think I may have confused myself. So people think it does count and it doesn't or the other way they think it doesn't count okay so people will, so they're like they're calling fives when they should be sixes yeah okay okay or like they'll take photos and they'll be like hey what would you call what would you call <laughs> this you know what i mean everyone's like that's a six and then you have like those random people they're like i don't know it's a five and it's like not only is there pin line on the other side there's like blatant red and i'm like are you an idiot <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> like, and, and like, I hear you say that. And like, I, I know, like, 
I, or at least I in my head I'm like I don't think like it's just like a matter of fact. You're like this is this is objective. Like this is cut and dry. Hundred percent. A lot. That's another thing that drives me nuts. The rules are black and white. The ones that are trying to find loopholes inside of these rules, stop doing it. Okay. Like we're making change. Like there's always going to be changes because people find these little loopholes, but it's like the way that they find them is just so obscure to me. I'm just like, it's not objective. You don't get to pick and choose which ones you like and stop it. It's the rules. It's the rules. So so like I I deal with like, like I I play D and D right. And, and D and D, and well, it's technically Pathfinder, but like we, like there's so many rules and mechanics, and there's lots of debate about them, and occasionally there'll be like errata on them, and there's terms like rules as written, right? Like R A W. There's a dog in the background. Does that dog talk? Uh, this one does not. <laughs> Hi, Chrono. <laughs> he does not talk. He's my quiet one. Hi. Hello, but dog. he's my snuggle bug. Okay. He's a snuggle bug. My oldest is over here laying down. That dog talks. He talks nonstop, but he's tired, as you can see. He's yawning. He had a big day. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I got I... distracted. I saw a dog. No, you're okay. <laughs> um, but so in, in D&D, we have the concept of, like, rules as written, right? Mm-hmm. And because, like, again, it's not apples to apples. It's, right? it's Dungeons and Dragons versus axe throwing. Um, but, and then they'll be like, all right, then there's, like, rules as intended. And a lot of times, like, when we're, like, discussing them, like, you know, if I'm discussing a rule with my my dungeon master, I'll be mm-hmm. like, okay, like, I think, like, the intent of the rule is X, but I think the literal way it is written is Y, right? Now, that's yeah. what like, in D&D, I'll try and, like, min- min-max and, like, pick and argue, but actually, I'm like, I, like, just throw better. <laughs> like... A hundred fucking percent. That's what it ultimately comes down to, is, like, the fact is, is like they're trying to skirt around certain things, and I'm like, no, it just came down to you just not throwing better, all right? Just throw better. Write down the red, all right? It's not hard. Oh, thank you. Um, no, it is hard. I, yeah. I, but that's just yeah. how, I can talk all this shit because I'm not beating them. I'm just judging them, all right? I, so. I, I feel like you got to stand uh, or if, you know, if you got to stand and run around a venue for, you know, eight ten twelve hours for a whole two three four days a weekend that's way harder than throwing it's mentally taxing i did cry on saturday i cried in the elevator and tyler flynn gave me the biggest hug because i just was like digesting and like purging the entire weekend that just happened all of those hours spent there like i don't know if anybody actually realized majority of us working that tournament did not leave that room other than to go to the bathroom from 8 a.m. to about 10 o'clock that night. I had two slices of pizza that day. A couple snacks, but like, no, I didn't see the daylight. I I was running around that room. Yeah, that's, uh, you were at work. I was working and being told to fucking smile. And meanwhile... <laughs> I'm just going 0-2 and, and going to the bar. And drinking and having a great time, and that's what we want to see, you know? But, yeah, unfortunately, the the little guys, us us in the background, we're not able to do that. And it's funny. I guess we broke the ATM, like, several times. They had to, like, keep putting money in. Like, you guys were not fucking around. You guys were drinking. I was – I'm jealous. I was so tired at the end. 
they're like, do you want a beer? And I'm like, no, I want to go to my room. I want to take a hot shower. I had a Charlie horse in my leg for six hours on Saturday. Zach Crawford and um, Fran both gave me massage guns so I could try to like tap it out and it helped, um, but not, it didn't make it go away. So like, I just need sleep. And thankfully it went away Sunday because I was so afraid I was going to be limping on ESPN. And I was like, how ratchet is that? I cannot be limping on ESPN. <laughs> Are you shitting me? <laughs> like, they're going to be like, her job's not hard. She's walking 12 feet. You know what I mean? What they don't see is everything going on that weekend. Well, uh, if it makes you feel any better, one time I came back from doing like a Spartan race and showed up at league. And just, I'm just like limping to and from the, the board to try and oh, get my Oh, that ex. is crazy. How many, how many races do you do? Uh, zero this year. I, I did uh, one. Uh, I did two i did like one of the big ones the half mar or the half yeah the 13 milers in uh 2021 a month after i uh got seven stitches in my left hand i had to skip half the obstacles but holy shit that's yeah. impressive though so i uh don't twirl my axe anymore yeah stop stop doing that people <laughs> need to stop doing that in general i think they keep forgetting that we're dealing with sharp objects yeah, I uh, I used to be like, oh, twirl my axe part of my setup. And I was like, the, the, uh, for the month after I cut my hand with my axe, I was like, I wouldn't even hold it until it was time to throw. I'd like put it yeah. on the floor. Yeah. And then who's um, um who who juggles them? Who's uh who's the axe uh, the axe juggler? Is that, is that Kump? I don't, I don't remember. I just remember it gives me anxiety. <laughs> I know Kump was like, I th- I think it's Kump. Well, he juggles. Uh, well, he's uh, he's uh, he's on the schedule. I'll ask him about it. Yeah, I can't even juggle. I can't even juggle <laughs> tennis balls. No, me either. So cool. Um, say, so, uh, I did. I did not know that. Like, you know, none of the like, just like the the, the good matches stand out. That is news to me. Oh, there was um one question from the community about uh, what can what can a thrower do to like basically make the judges' job easier? I mean, obviously, other than just throwing better and just you know, stop th- arguing. Okay. Just. I get it. Emotions are high, things like that. But like, and it, honestly, that doesn't even happen a lot. Um, but throwers, another thing that you guys can do, thanking us. Thanking a judge goes such a long way. I remember, I do remember the first person to thank me at the 2021 U.S. Open, and that was Joshua Russo. And he was the only one who said, thank you, judge, as I was getting them set up. And I said, good luck. I always say good luck before their matches and stuff like that. And he goes, thank you judge. And I was like, wow, that's like really nice. And it's just like, just thank us and maybe ask if they need a water because most of the time we're thirsty. Um, and we're losing our voices. And that brings me to my next thing of a sponsorship. And Fran asked me about my gum. I'm an avid gum chewer. I'm trying really hard not to put in a piece of gum right now because I don't want it like chomping in the microphone. Um, I'm very particular about my gum. I chew extra. That's it. Extra spearmint and polar ice are my two favorite flavors. Uh, They keep the longest. That is my trick to being able to yell all weekend long because it keeps my throat wet and I don't dry out. I buy the big plastic containers. I think it's like, what, 28 or 30 pieces in there? It's like the cubes? No. They have to be the sticks. No cubes because they get oh. slimy. Oh the, the, oh, the foil. Yeah, yeah, and the foil. Uh, the what? But like, they I, have I like had heavy so many duty. of those melt in my car because I forgot about them over the summer. And I go to E1 <laughs> and I was like, nope. 
disintegrate. Yeah, it has to be it has to be in the foil because the cubes and other types of gum they get slimy. They are not they don't like gum up. Uh, that's my trick to it. But I buy like the big packages of them, and some tournaments I have been known to go completely through a pack. I usually change change them out as the flavor's going. But I have been known to also chew a piece of gum for like 10 hours, which is kind of gross because I forget about it, but it keeps my mouth wet. So that's why it's important. So if I can ever get a sponsor, it'd be extra gum. Uh, that was a dog. I don't know. Oh, I hear it. Did you hear him? Yeah. That's my dog. Um, so yeah, that's my secret. And that's what I tell judges. Instead of doing candies, like hard candies, I always recommend gum. I'm like, I always have it. Here you go. So spearmint and polar ice, if you throwers would like to buy me gum, um, that's what I chew and it has to be the extra brand. And I chew those even outside. Like the moment I leave my house, I put a piece of gum in. I'm very, I don't ever want to have bad breath. That's where it stemmed from. But then I realized that it also just has a dual purpose when I'm judging all weekend long. So are judges allowed to wear camelbacks? Like, yes, I don't know if you'd want to, though, but yes. Because if you're drinking too, too much, now you have to pee. Oh, yeah, it's a gamble. There's there's a balance there. There's a balance, you know? Stop it. Do not do what you're about to do, Link. Is that dog going to talk? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, he was... <laughs> he's going to dig in the couch to try to lay down, and I don't want him to do that, so... <laughs> My dogs, uh, my, they do that. Uh, they also, they've, uh, I got a, I have a, like a 50 pound American bulldog and like an 80 pound pit bull. And, love them. uh, they just shred sheets. They get zoomies on the bed and it's time for new yeah. sheets. Yeah. My dogs, uh, so they're both, Chrono's 55 pounds, Link is about 57, 58 pounds. Um, I inadvertently train them. They won't get on the couch unless they have a fuzzy blanket down. So anywhere they look and like you can like they'll be standing at you and like staring at you if there's not a blanket down and you have to put a blanket down and then they'll get up. It's I didn't mean to do that, but that's just how they're trained. And they also only use pillows for their head, which he's doing right now. That's pretty cute. <laughs> cool. Um so I think that's I think that's like the world questions. Now I had um the the WATC 2022 questions uh let me um I know there were some other kind of things that you and I had talked about before um i feel like uh and, and you were like you were the one that told me that uh throwers aren't the only people that experience wall fatigue judges get wall fatigue yeah so this sport obviously is an expensive hobby okay i think anything at being adults expensive but this is definitely one of them and i know that you throwers understand as well but 100 percent right now judges aren't getting we're not paid. Um, I do want to do a shout out though to Rebecca and David Corley at tribal right now. They're like my only paid gig. They paid for my hotel stay the entire time we were in Virginia beach, which helped tremendously. And that was only because she just wanted me there, you know? And I was, I was willing to pay on my own, but she's like, no, let me do it. Like you're working your ass off for this and it's expensive. So everything that you guys see me at, that's a hundred percent out of my pocket and I'm doing it. And not only that, I'm donating my time. I know people are going to be like, well, Tab, you don't have to do it. Like, I know. I know I don't have to. But the amount of feedback that I've been given from this year alone from throwers, there's 
there's been a nice change now that there's people falling in love with this aspect and keeping tournaments ran how they need to be ran and not blurring those lines and not picking and choosing which rules they're going to be followed here and doing things like that, you know? And I think that it's, it's bringing the sport what they want to do. It's hard. You know, it's just like NFL. The Browns don't get different rules in Pittsburgh, you know, versus I know sometimes it feels like that with the refs, but, um, that's an inside joke, but I, 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 I don't want to talk about the Browns. <laughs> I know uh, you're from Ohio. That's there's, why a, there's, a, there's always, there's always next owner. Always we, next can owner. We, can we get rid of Jimmy Haslam? Sorry. Okay, I got distracted. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, but yeah, it's expensive, you know. So, so <sighs> I think in time it'll probably, hopefully, um, we'll see some change. I mean, let's be honest. The NFL refs they get paid. NBA refs they get fucking paid, you know. But right now we're all kind of just doing it because we love this sport and we want to see it go where we know it can go, you know, like it's, it's already making strides, um, which is exciting, but yeah, no, this is a very expensive hobby. Just like people get this crazy notion. They're like, I'm going to open up near a college town. College kids don't have money. (laughs) I'm right down the street from college. And I can tell you right now, I can probably pull up in the past three years, even though that we like advertise to them and whatnot. And we'll do like a college night, which is cool that sometimes bring in stuff and like, cool. Maybe there's some places that do do really well, but like I know personally the college kids around here, they're, they're spending it on alcohol. They don't want to spend it throwing, you know, it's just hard. So, uh, as a person that went to the college down the street from your venue, Cuyahoga community college, shout, uh, shout out curse. I don't know what, like (laughs) I, I went there, they saved me money. I went there. I stayed too long. I spent too much money on alcohol. Uh, but, uh, but I, I also went to a four-year school for a little bit. Uh, I, I maybe the difference is that like Tricy's not maybe giving out big student loans, or is the four-year schools? That's yeah, where, that is true. I don't know. I just know. I mean, like I know friends that have other venues near college towns, and they're like, even that, it's not their bread and butter. You know, like there, it's definitely not. College kids aren't making reservations. They're a walk-in because they don't typically... They, the money that they have on Monday, they're not going to have that by Friday. You know what I mean? So it's just... It's like one of those things. It's a hit or miss. And that's why... Um, yeah, this sport's just expensive. You know, I think that's why people pick up some side hustles and pick up some hobbies like making axes. And, you know, there's a lot of makers. Let's be honest. You know, there's not all good, but everyone can try. That's all that matters, you know? And also, like, you know, everybody everybody should be getting better with experience, right? And practice makes perfect, 100%. I'm never going to shit on someone who wants to perfect their, you know, craft, especially if they fall in love with it. But, um, yeah, this isn't for the faint of heart. You got to want to do it. And not only that am I spending my money, I'm spending my time. You know how many, like, a lot of my family and friends who aren't in this throwing community, they're like, oh, that's so fun. You and David have been, like, in a different state every other week almost, you know? And I'm like, yeah, and I didn't leave a venue for 72 hours. <laughs> I stayed in a venue for 72 hours. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. So um, hopefully, as this sport grows, though, we can definitely get more sponsors. I mean, I can't see Cornhole being considered way more entertaining than axe throwing. I just can't consider it. I think we're... Will you stop it? I think um, 
Cornhole is boring as fuck to watch, but they have some big time sponsors. So I think as long as this sport keeps growing, we can hopefully see that type of things and judges can start getting paid and throwers can hopefully purchase tickets at a slightly you know, lower cost. Cause right now venues take a hit on most tournaments. You know, it's, you got to do payouts. You got to pay wood. You got to pay for staff to be there. You know, yes, you can use volunteers, but sometimes volunteers aren't coming. And it's also hard. I know that venues, some venues feel weird bossing around volunteers. You can boss around a staff. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's just a lot of moving parts. I, uh, I volunteered at the animal shelter in Austin and I love the volunteer thing because I'm like, I'm volunteering. Like, yeah, like, and you can I, come and go as you want. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to go do an hour on Saturday morning after I sleep in. But, it's like, but I've seen some shelters like, all right, you have, to, you have to reserve like a slot, like pick a two-hour volunteer one. I'm like, well, that's not what my brain does when I yeah. think of the word volunteer. And that's how it works. You know, we try to do in shifts. I know at WATC and the U.S. Open, usually the judging shifts are – in two hour bulks, two and a half hours and try to get you out. So you guys can get food and water and things like that. But, um, that doesn't always happen. You know, sometimes you got to ask someone, Hey, do you mind staying on extra? And they get free lunch and that, I mean, that that's cool. But lunch only goes so far, especially when it's pizza constantly. But I know at big, big tournaments like WATC pizza goes a long way. I understand that. That's why we're doing it. And it was awesome. They gave us kind of like, um, I didn't get a chance to get it. Cause again, I, didn't get a chance to leave, but um, they had like barbecue there. Yeah, the Schmitz and Fort yeah. Schmitz or whatever. Yeah, so um, a lot of the judges got like a discount towards that, so that helps. You know, I mean that helps. Yeah, I, uh, I don't eat a lot of barbecue, but because I'm like I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to leave the venue, so I ate some of that barbecue. I think I ate it twice actually, but I don't, I, I don't know. eat a lot of meat, and so my stomach's like, we're doing meat. All right, well, oh, yeah, are you well, a vegetarian? Uh, I, I'm not allowed to use the oven. Um, <laughs> no, uh, like, yeah, I, I don't like, you know, my wife does a lot of the cooking and she's a good cook, uh, but she's vegan. And so I eat her cooking. So like most okay. of the week I eat vegan. And if we go out to eat, I mostly eat vegan, you know, like, cause I, I like to try stuff. Like, yeah. also like it doesn't have any bones in it. Right. Like I never have, That's like true. I, I get teased. Like when I, when I ate meat, I'd still get boneless chicken wings. Like those are nuggets. You're an adult. What are you doing? I love boneless wings, though. When I go out, I don't like to be messy, so I get boneless wings. That's... I'll make wings at home. But... Actually, that is one of the reasons why I like wearing black. I spill sauce on my black shirt. It's fine. A hundred percent. My titties eat so much on my black <laughs> shirt, you can't see it. Okay? You can't see it. Or coffee? <laughs> spill, spill coffee on a black shirt all day. I don't drink coffee. I'm a tea drinker. Same? Same. I'm actually off caffeine, to tell you the honest truth. I haven't had caffeine really since December 21. I got COVID last year, unfortunately, knocked my ass out. I'm glad I'm actually lucky to be alive. So that's kind of cool. But, um, I've been off caffeine since then. And I only dabble in a few caffeinated beverages a month. So, so like, so like that, when, when you get that, like that, your one kind of like ration of caffeine for the month, does it send you to the moon? I'm on cocaine. I'm, (laughs) I'm jumping around. It's crazy. I know. Yoshi asked, what are some of my favorite crap foods? So that kind of, I'm going to use that as a transition as well. Uh, I'm a slut for a really good fried pickle chip. Also depends on what the dip is. I want to be wined and dined on a fancy dip. And I love, oh my God, I love a good hot pretzel. 
with like a beer cheese and a good full bodied mustard. Oh, you like you are living. Ohio is the right place to be for that. Yes. Like, uh, uh, not like now I miss Ohio. Actually, did you know that a lot of people don't know what pierogies are? Fuck off. Um, <laughs> oh, what? I do believe that though. But pierogies. Oh, I got. Oh my gosh. Obviously, the way to do it is the homemade. But please don't tell on anyone because I am German and Polish, so I don't want to get my card revoked. <laughs> but I do have some Mrs. T's pierogies in my freezer because sometimes I don't want to make a homemade pierogi. I just want to fucking real quick one and done them and like, you know, heat them up. <laughs> when I, but that pocket of potato and cheese and onion or, and bacon, if you want to. Oh, y'all don't like think of a ravioli. A potato. Yeah, it's like it's like a Polish or German ravioli. A hundred percent. It's so well, much better. Well, and uh, and and sour cream. Oh, oh, a good sour cream. I just can't. Yes, I. Well, those are oh, oh pierogies. And, well, and then and then and then it usually comes with like a good sausage, right? Like uh, you know, like a kielbasa. Yeah, like, that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, a good a good sauce. So- that's what you need. You know, it's a good. You know, my fiance didn't really have kibasi or smoked sauce. He's a very okay. His mom's not going to listen to this podcast, so I don't <laughs> care. But <laughs> I've actually told her this, so I don't care either. David used to be a picky eater, and it took me a moment to realize he's not actually a picky eater. His mom just can't cook. All right, and that's all right. That's all right. You, you everyone has their strengths, Anita. I love you to death. But um, so yeah, when we first got together, he's like, I don't eat that. I don't eat that. And I'm like, well, you're going to fucking eat it. All right. Look at me. I know food. All right. So I'm going to throw it down. You're going to enjoy it. And so some of those things, kibasi being one of them, is one of his favorite dishes that I make. I'm about to make one of my, it's a pinto bean, black bean with smoked sausage in my crock. Pot. Oh, it's over rice. It's, oh, it's just, it's amazing. That's his favorite thing. He Buffalo chicken dip is another major thing that we do. I make that and we eat it like a meal. Um. Yeah, I'm a slut for a good, uh, good buffalo chicken, man. That, uh, that's actually that, what I prefer. That's a, on my a, that is a party that. favorite in the, in, in Cleveland, oh, like in, in Ohio. Wrong. You show up with a buffalo chicken dip as a good one. You're like you're you're popular. You're, you're you're getting invited. Back. Oh, you're hopping as long <laughs> as you make it well. Because I've oh, had yeah. some. Please do not bring me canned chicken <laughs> in your in your buffalo chicken dip. Fuck off. <laughs> do it the right way or don't do it at all. All right. Um, also, I'm, yeah, tra- I'm trying to remember good. how we got to Buffalo Chicken. I think I th- we were talking about barbecue at the venue. That makes sense. Yeah, and then I, I transitioned to Yoshi's question about what was yeah, some of my favorite there, there we foods. Go. Okay, sorry. So that's why I want him to feel special. Those are I when I saw that I was like, oh, I can't wait to tell people fried pickles, pretzels, buffalo chicken dip, and tacos. Dave and I do a lot of our talking over tacos and margaritas. Fun fact: we don't talk business in the house. So, um, we either go to the venue and talk business or we go out and talk business. And usually we talk business over tacos and margaritas. Well, and well that's... then you get to write it off, right? Cause it's a work expense. I, I don't know. I'm speculating. Yeah, but we don't usually it's a date night. That's what we consider it. Um, which is kind of lame, but, nah. uh, having a business with your partner can ha- be hard. So you definitely need to make for us, at least that's what works for us is not, we got to have separate 
lines drawn, you know, like when we walk into the venue, he's not my fiance. He's my business partner, David Carroll. And the way that we even talk to each other, it, it changes a little bit. I try not to use babe or even though I do slip up our uh, nickname that we have for each other's poop. Don't ask us when that started. That's a whole thing. <laughs> we literally yell poop to each other and we answer and I'm so afraid he's going to put it in his vows. I told him that I don't want it in our vows, <laughs> but it's probably going to be there. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't even know how we got here. Uh, no, I, I think you're right. I think, uh, I think you nailed it. Uh, Jave asked about, uh, about just crap foods. Uh, and we're talking about barbecue. So yeah, there's barbecue. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have barbecue at a wedding too. So we're trying to, we're trying that all out. Hell yeah. I, uh, when I got married, we did uh build your own taco bar. Cause we had some people that, See, that's one of my second options too. look at you. You're living my dream, Bill. How was it? It was awesome. We had some people with dietary restrictions and it was just like, look, guess what? You, you like you get what you want. It was it was Austin. It was uh Torchy's tacos. Uh some. Uh they're good, right? Like some people like ah, they're overrated. Other people like they're the best tacos I've ever had. Like they're good. I can't trust someone who doesn't enjoy tacos. I just uh, can't. Yeah. Uh actually my uh my job for the wedding was I had to design the uh party favors and so I went with uh koozies but I yeah. put like our family crest on I did lack of, lack of a better term for family crest but it was just like um it's like the little like circle with like the x and then the four icons and I went with the it's like so uh we like travel so I did like the map with the pin uh we got pit bulls so I did like a, we got dogs so I went with like a pit bull skull uh, I love you guys. And we uh, we like beer, so I cut like a beer mug on there. And then um, I did tacos. I love that. You're yeah, giving me ideas. I and, appreciate you. And it, like, uh, I, I, I've thought about having shirts made with it because it doesn't say, like, Bill and Lindsay or any, the year on it. Like, it just looks like a logo. It's right? just all your favorite right. shit. <laughs> and and so then, yeah, it's like, and so we had, you know. Um, but I, I, I might also just be, like, traumatized because I, like, went to my cousin's thing and then... Uh, had their got their party favors and then like a couple years later they got divorced and it's like, well, this is trash now. Like <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's be honest, most most party favors are trash. I mean, like I gave out koozie. I wasn't giving anything out fancy, but at least at That's least good. At least like my sister, like, they gave out uh pet treats. And I love that. That's all I needed. I mean, like, I'm I'm low on pet treats today. Don't I said that word too. Oh, to oh yeah. Nope. Their now ears now you're in up. trouble. Do uh do your dogs know how to spell? My dogs they we we started spelling the W word and now they just know that if we start spelling that word, they're like, I know what that means. I could spell now. Yeah, I just realized people can't see me shaking my head because this isn't gonna be shown. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> it's the last two letters that they know the most. And I think it's because it sounds like that word mm -hmm. people who have pets you understand what's happening right now both of my huskies are laying down right next to me quietly chilling so i'm trying not to trigger them they also have i wish they also like does your dog have like a magic word it doesn't even like for nothing but it just hypes them up uh so like for for us we, we use always used to say like do you want to go for right? Like it started out as a question, like a whole question. No, no, okay, I get that. No, I'm saying any a random word. It doesn't even mean anything. It just it's like one of their happy words. Oh, like uh, you say it and they just lose their fucking mind. If we just say uh oh, like we'd be watching TV, 
uh, our American bulldog will like fly to the window and just start barking at she does at TBD. She's like, something's out there. I got to go bark at it. And we're like, but we could be saying, uh oh, because of the TV. Yeah. So David just took them outside. So that's why I feel like it's safe to do this right now. We don't know why this is. Obviously, the W A L K T R E A T S is a fun one, but tortoise. They lose their fucking minds when we say tortoise. That's why we don't know, but they go fucking nuts. And it started because I told David that one time I wanted to own a tortoise. They lost their minds. And I've told him ever since I was like, this is, uh, we're supposed to get a pet tortoise. This is why. And then like, if we plural it, if we say tortoises, holy shit. They are losing their minds, and I have no idea why they think what they think that word is. I don't know. You should find some other people with huskies and see if it's, <laughs> maybe it's a husky. Because like I've, I learned I that my, we are part of a husky group up here in Cleveland. That maybe maybe it's a breed thing. My I know uh, my pit bull apparently speaks Spanish, right? I love that. Well, like I didn't know it started like uh, one time. Like you know, instead of saying like, "Do you want to go for a walk?" Asked the question in Spanish, and she knew what it meant. Maybe it might have just been the tone. Maybe, like maybe I just said the same tone, but she's like freaked out the same way. Yeah, that, we don't deserve dogs. I could talk about dogs all day. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, good, good call. Um, what, I think one of the things you you touched on earlier, uh, just talking about like um, right, like it, it, this is I guess kind of at the intersection. Like, uh, how much work goes into hosting a tournament? Like, like, like as, <laughs> like, like when I, I guess um, like. When somebody's like, oh, I'm going to a tournament this weekend. Like, when did the tournament work start for you, the venue owner? Like, like a month out, two months out, three months out, depending on the size of the tournament? Months out. Months out. We're, we need to figure out the date that we want to do it at. As you're getting closer now, I mean, you're, you're getting wood orders together. Some are sponsored. I know um, my hair is looking crazy right now. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's uh, – you know, you get some aren't sponsored though when it comes to wood. Most are, but some aren't. You know, and that's cool. But you got to you you got to worry about your wood. You got to worry about drawing your targets up. You got to um, make sure you have staff, competent staff on staff as well. You know, uh, honestly, probably like I don't even know how many. I mean, a shit ton, a shit ton of hours. It, but it doesn't start. It does. <laughs> it doesn't start the week before. It starts weeks, weeks before. You know, you're. And if you're a location that people aren't used to going, you want to pull up information of where people can stay at. What's some local things around there? Because obviously, throwers aren't going to stay at the venue the entire time. Most do, but some don't. You know, people need to know how the transportation is and how you're getting around. You know, like it. It's a crazy. I don't even know how many man hours probably goes into a tournament. I could easily say over a couple hundred. That's crazy. That's a shitload of work. That's a shitload of work. And people just think it's <laughs> you build it, they'll come. But I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into it, you know? For sure. And then also trying to like, because you can't work your staff 24 7. I mean, you could, but they're not going to be happy. And also, that's. That's a high payroll, you know? So now you're trying to crowd and get all these volunteers to help you out. You know, it's just, it's, 
it's crazy. And we're also trying to host our own tournament coming up. And that's another thing right now that's just like, fuck. I'm also being asked to be at all these tournaments, which I love doing, but I'm also trying to like plan a wedding and be here and family and friends things. It's like, it, it doesn't stop. I, I don't know how I get as much sleep as I do because it's constantly going. Honestly, but I know Lucas and like Erica and, and Dan from uh, Riverbend and whatnot, like the amount of hours that they put into it as well. And like all of their tournaments are coming up. It's crazy. Tournaments are hard work. So all, all of the stuff that you just mentioned, I know uh, at the start of the podcast, we kind of talked about, um, you know, like not having kids. So like all of the work that you just described, Shout out to the parents that are still getting all that shit done with kids. Cause I can't, yes. imagine, like, I like, literally can't comprehend it. Like, no. And I think it's so cute because Erica and Dan's kids, um, are huge in the community, you know, and they the, did the shirts and everything. Yes. And it's, it's easy. Obviously their kids are easier because they're part, like they're old enough to throw and be, you know, part of the community and stuff. But there's a lot of parents who have younger kids who's like, I don't know how they're doing it. I'm I'm definitely giving you guys props because I'm not taking away from being a parent is hard. I'm not taking that away at all. I don't envy it, though. So how they're able to juggle. All that, I think I, it's they have to have an amazing support system. You know, that that's let, let's be honest. That's how any of us are able to do what we do in this community. We need, we have an amazing support staff, be it family and friends and just, you know, people in the community that help. So yeah, shout out to them. For sure. Also, and now uh, you, like you let children throw at your venue, right? I think you said uh, it's like five and yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Five and up. Um, it's not too often that we get five years old, five year olds in there, but we do. Um, my nephew, Zach, he is nine uh, <laughs> I just have to do the math again in my head um, he's been throwing for a couple of years uh, he loves it but when he comes in he sometimes acts like he works there which cracks me up um, <laughs> honestly though I do have a lot of fun with the kids they listen a hell of a lot better than the adults do no lie um, they love the ninja stars they love the axes uh, we got little throwing cards that they can throw like they're all about it um, and Honestly, that's where we need this. I mean, we do want kids and teenagers to be a part of this because that's how this sport keeps growing. You know, like you need to have a generation behind us coming up and doing it. So, um, yeah, we do allow kids, but we don't allow kids in like, excuse me, uh, after seven o'clock on the weekends and whatnot. So we do have like hours just for kids. We also try to like uh, keep Sunday as a family fun day. That's been a huge thing for us as well. So um, that helps. that's awesome. But yeah, we let we like kids throw. I've, uh, I like kids when I can give them back. Yeah, I. Uh, you're like, oh, they're being chill. Like, oh, I'll I'll take them to the playground. They're like, oh, they're getting fussy. All right, uh, <laughs> uh, I would like to end my volunteer shift now. <laughs> I'm done. I'm tapping out. That's awesome. Um, I think we're. I, I think we kind of got through like uh, a lot of the stuff, like pretty much on like the agenda. I think the last thing left is, uh, I guess, like before kind of like additional plug shout outs or sponsors or anything like that. Um, is uh, we we got some questions from the community. I know you kind of answered some of them already indirectly. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can. Uh, all right. Um, all right. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to all of them, so I'm just gonna try and wrap it fire no real worries. quick. Um, 
this one was by far the most popular. Uh, Tyler Flynn asks, who is your favorite thrower and why is it Tyler Flynn? <laughs> Everyone's going to hate this. Um, I don't have a favorite thrower. I really enjoy all of them equally. I enjoy meeting new throwers as well. But again, my mentality is my stripes mentality. I don't play favoritism. Um, but honestly, if you guys have not got a chance to talk to some of these top throwers, be it Philobomb, Lucas Johnson, uh, John, uh, Tyler Flynn, things like that, chat with these guys. These guys are so nice. They are some of my favorite. Corbin, love him to death. Um, Bill, even you, when I finally met you, like you are such a nice guy. Like, Talk to these people. They are willing to help you. Uh, you know, they, they're some of my favorite people to be able to chat with after a tournament, you know, to just chill out and have a beer with and just laugh with. Uh, so I don't have a favorite one. Um, I love them all. I love you guys all. But again, you guys, when you guys are throwing, you're just faceless little humans to me. So cool. Makes sense. It's a good judge answer. Uh, thank you. Very politically uh, correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, John Depke asks, what's more nerve wracking running an ax venue Line dancing in Nashville or correcting a Ben McDonald call on ESPN? <laughs> Ryan Avenue has its own uh, ups and downs, I'll tell you that. But it's not nerve-wracking anymore. I feel like I've definitely um, – I got the ropes down. I have a great team. A support staff for me is my staff at home who helps me be able to travel and do these things. Line dancing with John in Nashville is one of my favorite things ever. He had me line dancing to Vanilla Ice, which just cracks me up. I can't wait to do more with him. Uh, he's a phenomenal dancer. I know people already know that. But the most nerve-wracking thing there is definitely the second call with Ben. My heart stopped. I was not expecting that to fucking happen. Do you know how scary that was? I mean... For, and for, then he, for people that don't know what you're talking do you want to shed any like kind of elaborate at all or uh or you just want to leave it vague oh about how the call went down yeah or, or just the, the second call like like for people that don't know what you're talking about oh so ben uh mcdonald is the number one judge in the world let's be honest he's the top the top dog he's my boss when it comes to judging things um up until this year he has never had another person able to second his calls and that's just how the cookie crumbled, and that's okay. You know, the throwers respected that, things like that. This year was the first time that there was able to be a second, and that just happened to be me because him and I were hosting ESPN together. It was a Mike Philobom throw. Philobom, an amazing person, an amazing human being. He is also an ambassador for the sport as well as me, and he 100% deserves that. Nice little shout-out to him. But... um you know, when you're up on ESPN, there's time constraints. So Ben, I understand in the moment, Ben did a quick look. It's bright up there. It's creating shadows. He did a quick look. He made his call. He turns around. He calls it a six. He didn't have his flashlight on him or anything like that. That's why he didn't see it. And that's okay. Mike goes up and he's like looking at it and he goes real chill. He doesn't even say it out loud. He just puts up the two. He wants, he wants a second. I'm sitting down at the side at this moment. Ben looks at me and he goes, Tabitha. <laughs> I think I forgot what my name was. I was like, uh. and so I go up there and I go up there and everyone's like, flashlight, flashlight. And I pull out my flashlight, my trusty flashlight. Um, That's a sponsor opportunity right there. Like maybe some Duracell, yes, like good flashlight. Duracell, uh, 
batteries <laughs> and my camp flashlight. That bitch was $22. That stays with me in my pocket. I've already have some other guys that's trying to get me to use other flashlights. And I'm very particular about the things that I use. So I'm like, it's got to be this, you know? So yes, plug me in there. My gum, my flashlight, my stool. <laughs> look at you, Bill. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so everyone's like, yeah, my flashlight, flashlight. I look at it. It's a five. It's a five. And I'm nervous to see myself air tomorrow and on the first. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to watch it, to tell you the honest truth, because I know that first call was hard because I don't even think I was audible. Like, I did my call. I said five and I sat down because that could have easily been um, a career changing move right there. If Ben really wanted to, he's not that bad of a guy, though. He's a very nice man. Um, it was awesome working with him so much. But if he really wanted to, he could have nixed me out of everything moving forward there. You know what I mean? He's never had a second call. <laughs> That's crazy. And so, yeah, I did it. And I just was like, fuck. And he he messed with me a little bit, though. At the end, I was like, I am so sorry about that. He's like, no, you made the right call. You made the right call. I was like, I, that wasn't my intentions. You know, that's not what I wanted to do today. He's like, no, you made the right call. But he goes, just so you know, I am going to bring Ragnar up for the remainder of duels. And I was like, oh, that's fair. I mean, I still stand by what I did. But that's fair. And he goes, nah, I'm just fucking with you like that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so like he easily, he knew the power he had at that moment. Um, so yes, out of all of those three things, given that second, I, my, my heart was in my asshole. All right. Like <laughs> straight up. Like, yes, that yeah. was a career changing moment. And and uh, like you said, shout out to Philabomb for asking for a second to, to have the score. I told people, like I told coworkers and friends, family outside the axe throwing community, I'm like, this is what sportsmanship looks like in axe throwing, where people 100%. like argue, like, like here's an example of somebody arguing against themselves is is amazing. Like, yes, um, that was an amazing thing. Like, Philabomb, homeboy, you already know you and I are great friends. Him and I chat. I love him. Um, but again, you are just a model person and an amazing sportsman in this sport. So hold your head high, my guy. Yeah, that, that was dope. Um, all right. So uh, let's see. We got some more questions. I think you actually already answered all of Fran's. So let's hear. Uh, favorite match. You already said that. We, you, 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 there are no favorites. We're all nameless. No favorites. Favorite, you guys are bombs. all the same. Uh, how'd you get into drudging? Got that one. Type of gum. Got that one. Uh, and can dog say hi on the podcast? Uh, talking dog is sleepy. So uh, He did talk a little bit earlier. That's true. He was uh, in the background. Cool. Uh, cool. We got some questions from Jessica Renner. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so what is it like to have someone like Jess working for you? Jess is a good friend. Um, amazing thrower. She picked it up naturally, obviously, just like everyone would. She, it's awesome to work with her. Uh, she still cracks me up though, because, um, she does think I'm a little intimidating. Uh, she's always said this, but I think now that there's definitely a little dynamic there of me being her boss and her an employee on the floor, she kind of like, she overthinks it too much. And I'm a pretty chill boss to tell you the honest truth. I don't ask a lot. I just ask you not to fuck up. Um, and that's it. But it, working with Jess has been a lot of fun. She's a good friend. 
Cool. Uh, then she asks, uh, she had uh, six questions. Let's see. Uh, uh, how did you decide on your venue location? We looked at several different locations when it came down to it. It just came down to what rent was, what made more fiscal sense. He started to talk more fiscal <laughs> sense um, at the time as we were opening. And I ended up just getting super lucky that my location is less than a half mile, not even a quarter mile away from my house. I literally walk my dogs up there. Like I, it's in walking distance. So it just, it, we got lucky. That's that, all. That's awesome. The price point. Cool. Uh, next one, I think you address, um, what's about judging that made you go, oh yeah, that's my fucking jam. Yeah. I think you answered that one. Time. I wanted to do it better and then not waste my time. Cool. Uh, why do you think Ohio has produced so many good throwers? Cause there's not shit to do in Ohio. Uh, nine out of the 12 months. Yeah. I can, so, uh, I can, I can agree with that. Yes. And a lot of the people that throw in this sport, um, they're, they're usually, they have an athletic background. Now that you know, you don't need one, but most of them at some point have competed. So as we know, as we get older, a lot of times your body's changing. I think that they realize that it's something that they can continue doing and having a great time and doing a community around. Ohio just happens to have top fucking throwers that competition breeds competition. Nobody likes to lose. And in Ohio, there's nothing to do. You want to keep winning. It's a do or die situation in a lot of the, you know, tournaments and marathons and things like that. And I think that that's what produces it. And it's like now that we continue to keep pumping out amazing throwers, I don't see that ending anytime soon as long as people still love the sport. Yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, I think you and next one is uh, one piece of advice you'd give to throwers that would make judges. easier. I think you answered that one earlier. Uh, it's, uh, number six on, uh, on a scale of one to 10, how nervous were you to be on camera at worlds? I was a little nervous. I think majority of my nerves went out the moment that second call happened though. Uh, my biggest thing, I don't, no one told me where to look. So hopefully I'm not looking like a dumbass up there and like looking away from the camera. Cause like no one said, look into the camera. So I tried to like pick a pinpoint in the <laughs> the crowd that was kind of near the camera because i was like i mean i watch tv they're not allowed to look at the camera i watch sports they don't look at the camera you know what i mean like just don't look at the camera so i kind of looked adjacent to the camera like right next to it um i was pretty nervous but once i got that first call out even in the duels match I was I was at ease. I know what I'm doing. I'm I'm one of the top judges for a reason. I there is a reason why I was there. So it just got I went right into work mode. The biggest thing that took me the most, I had to keep actively thinking about keeping my eyebrows up. So I didn't <laughs> look. I shit you not. Like I had to actively remember to keep my eyebrows up so I looked happy on camera instead of like in work mode. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So I got a question from uh, Scott Biddle. Uh, hard-hitting question. Why does Scott Biddle call you and David chocolate naps? All right. We met Scott last Angrywood uh, in 2021. Great time. Uh, Scott comes up to me and he goes, hi, I'm Scott. I'm like, hi, I'm Tabitha. And he goes, I like to do this little icebreaker with people. And I'm like, dope. Like, what's up? He goes, what do you like to do in your free time? I said, nap. Nap. And he was like, no, like, what? Sleep. <laughs> That's what I like to do. I said, I run a venue. 
I judge constantly and I'm going, I like to sleep. I'm an avid sleeper. And he goes, dope. I can get down with that. And then he like in the same breath, he goes to David. He's like, so what's your favorite like snack food? And David's like chocolate. <laughs> like Just the way that we said it, like he's like straight face, like Scott's like, okay. Do you have like a favorite chocolate? David's like, just chocolate, all of it. I don't care. You know? And he's like, okay. And then he goes, are you guys like together? And we're like, yeah. He goes, all right, I'm going to call you guys chocolate naps. And I'm like, fair enough. And it's just stuck. And just like, Scott's a fun person. Like, he's a great person in this community. Okay. That's a solid, uh, that's a solid couple nickname. <laughs> I guess you got to follow uh, Why do you want everyone to call you by that couple or by that? I don't want people to call me by that. So okay. <laughs> that was just, I think, sarcasm to him. Okay. Well, uh, well, uh, we, we may have just, uh, <laughs> You may have just played yourself because I imagine, as I understand the internet, as I understand the internet, uh, as soon as they know what you don't want them to do, they're going to do it. What is that called? The Barbara Streisand effect? I don't know. I don't know how the internet works. Uh, Let's hear. Oh, Dolan, uh, you already uh, uh, answered his question about uh, first acts, favorite uh, favorite acts. Yep, answered those. Uh, Yoshi, you already answered the the food. Oh, uh, I got some questions from uh, from the commish. Uh, Mike Morton, uh, he's got a couple. Oh, one and one is gonna be a really good one, I think. Um, but uh, we're going. Uh, I we'll, we'll do one at a time. Uh, okay. I have a tendency to just overload. And uh, first one was, uh, what is your proudest moment in the sport? Being asked to uh, judge ESPN. That was an amazing thing. Another one, um, honestly, was just every tournament that I've been invited to to continue doing what I love, uh, for all of you guys. Um, so those, so it's nice. It's nice to get recognized for being someone who is good at what she does. So, but ESPN for sure. I was again, blinking back tears every time I was like stepping up there. I'm like, shit, I did this, man. I, I did it. Like it's, it's, a, it's a good feeling. It's cool. That's awesome. I, um, I've, I've like, I've done a lot of like stupid shit, like, and I've done a couple things where I'm like, I feel like I'm proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like uh, it's like the scene in Finding Nemo where he's like, I'm feeling happy. That's a <laughs> that's a big deal for me. <laughs> I uh, like that. Um, uh, next question from the uh, how do you juggle your love for the sport, your love for your business, and having a personal life outside of the sport? You know, I don't know if I'm doing it well, but I try to remember that I can't do everything all the time. And there was an analogy or something that I've heard it on TV or I read it somewhere. I can't remember. But this woman said, um, everything that you have in your life, think of it as like a glass ball. And you're juggling it. You're constantly juggling it. You're going to unfortunately have a moment where you drop one ball over the next because you just can't keep juggling everything. So for me personally, when I'm feeling a little burnt out, I do tend to drop one. And that's usually tournaments or it's friends and family, which is really bad to say. But I only I've gotten a lot better of reminding myself I can't do it all. And thankfully I have a huge support system outside of the community who understands what I'm doing 
inside the community and that it's my job. Like I still run a venue. I still have to build a league. I still have to make it a, you know, a presence known in this community to survive our business. So it's awesome that I have a support system that does that. But honestly, I am human. And there are times where I just shut down. And like this past year in June, we didn't travel at all. Um, we had to back out, back out of Ironside, which kind of sucks because we made it to the U.S. Open. But I told David, I was like, I'm feeling a little burnt out. I just need a moment. I need to stay home. So I stayed home. I just ran my business. I slept a lot. I drank a shit ton. I swam with my friends. Like I just had fun. And then once July came, I was back into it. And I did like two different tournaments back to back, which was crazy. But and then I got engaged. It was my birthday. And so I don't have an answer for you. And, and if anyone can tell me how they do it better, then I'm open and I'm all ears. But I think that I just take it day by day. I can only do so much. I need to remember that. Like there was a charity event this past weekend in at Johnson County Axe Throwing and they wanted to bring me in to judge. And I loved that, but I got super sick. I had this head cold and I couldn't take it. I don't want to get people sick. And I know they were bummed out because, and I really truly wanted to be there. But at the same time, like I also had to take care of my health. You know, I had to be here and resting. So the best I got is I can only, I usually try to take it day by day or week by week is how I divide up my time. I'm going to try to give this, going to try to do a little of this. I can't do it all though. Yeah, that's okay. uh, I I kind of do the same thing. It's like I, I can kind of mentally keep track of this week. Yeah. Next week, I I'll check in on next week on Sunday. Like, yes. If maybe I'll put something on the calendar and let Google remember what I got going on next Wednesday. Calendars <laughs> are my friend. That is correct. The moment you said that, that is, but yeah, it, it's hard. You know, we're all human, and it's it's hard when you fall in love with something, and it's not only a hobby, but it's also like my livelihood. So. I'm always going to do that over something else. Cause I need, I need this to survive, you know, it's so I'm sure someone somewhere in my life could tell you that I could be doing something a little more and do something a little better, but they can also kiss my ass. Cause I'm trying to do everything that I can while yeah. I can, I'm, you know? So, yeah, I, I have no idea how much work running a venue is, let alone everything else. So, uh, no, no judgment on my part. Uh, next question from Mike Morton. I think you kind of already answered this one. Um, where do you look when judging <laughs> on an ESPN broadcast? Next to the camera, not at it. <laughs> and don't look at the lights. Everyone told me that was the thing. Literally, before they even turned them on, everyone's like, don't look at the lights. Don't look at the lights. You're going to want to look at the lights. Don't look at the lights. I asked if they, a couple of the throwers asked if they could turn on the lights before everything got started, just so they kind of knew what it looked like as they threw, which was a smart move. Thank, and I'm glad that they did it because I took that time to look at the lights. <laughs> did you regret <laughs> so it? I didn't do it. No, I, I yeah, but like as I did it, so like I didn't do it when it really counted. And the moment that it turned out, I was like, "Don't look at the lights," and I didn't. I was like, "All right, got that out of the way," and then <laughs> just didn't do it the rest of the time. <laughs> I uh, I would most certainly have looked at the lights and immediately regretted so it. Yeah, so thankfully they turned it on before it actually got started. Because as soon as they turned it on, I was like, you know that, I, I'm sure you've seen The Bug's Life probably years ago. But it's like the mosquito at the with the the bug zapper. He's like, it's yep. so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, don't look at it. I'm like, I did it. <laughs> like, 
Okay, this uh, this this next, I think this is the, the last one from Mike Morton. It's a good one. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, one more important one. Please express why it is okay to be emotional in this sport and life in general, man, woman, or otherwise, and why it's a sign of strength, not weakness. Yes. We're all human. This sport is growing, and there's going to be fuck-ups. There's going to be days that you don't throw the best. But everyone, I think, forgets that this thing, this sport that we do is also a mental game. You need to be able to express what you're doing and how to do it constructively and just in a healthy manner. Because if you guys keep building this up, you guys are going to blow up. You're going to lose the love for this sport. You're going to lose yourself in a lot of other aspects of your life, I'm sure, you know? It's not good. Like I joked around with him Saturday night after we walked through the SPN and he's like, "How are you feeling?" I'm like, "Honestly, I'm going to go back to the hotel room and I'm going to have a deep cry and I'm going to be over this day because I'm just mentally tapped out. I'm mentally tapped out. Everyone took what they had from me this past weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from judging. And I went to the the elevator and I thought I could make it up to my room at a time and I didn't. I shed just a couple tears. It wasn't like an ugly cry or anything in the, the elevator. Tyler gave me the biggest hug and I'm just like, I feel a lot better. Like I just need to kind of shed that. And having emotions is not a bad thing. Talk about it. And I think you as a man, I'm sure it's a major stigmatism. You know, usually they're like, a guy shows his emotions. You're being, you know, you're, you're too weak. And that's it, not it. Like life is too crazy to bottle all that shit in. A lot of people in this sport, and I'm sure that you have them as well, but you've made friends and family in this sport. They would rather hear you have a bad day than hear that you bottled that up and you did something that you regretted. You know what I mean? Just like have fun. Don't take don't take it too seriously and just enjoy time with your friends. And it's okay. It's okay to be upset if you had a bad throw. It's okay to be pumped when you win. You know, just just do it in a healthy and a controlled manner. And that's all. That's all. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Hopefully uh, that was good. Yeah. No, I, I think you landed it. Uh also, uh on the topic of just kind of like you know, I feel like emotions is a uh, mental health adjacent. I had therapy today. <laughs> like, go That's th- amazing. take your brain to the mechanic. Go do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, therapy is not a bad thing. You know, I've, I've, I'm also, I do talk a lot about having therapy sessions. Link, my oldest dog, is an emotional support animal. And that was due to me losing my first brother, Joey, you know, and I went to a therapist for years and I didn't want to be on medication. And it's okay if you are on medication. I ended up having to use some down the road, so I'm not against it, you know? But at the time, I wanted to really know how to cope with my depression. I didn't want to just take something, and that was... I I wanted to still feel it. I wanted to learn how to process it, you know? And after a couple years, you know, she she brought it up a few times, and then again, right at the end, she's like, I do think that a, a dog would help you, Tab, and I think that it's time. And getting Link was the best decision of my life. Um, I We also chose Huskies. Not only do we love the breed, but I chose a breed that I could not be lazy with. He forced me out of the house. He, you know, he 
he forced me to go on hikes with him and just enjoy this whole new life with him. And then we brought on Chrono and I do that with them now. And it's, it's amazing. Don't, don't feel like it's a weakness to talk to someone, you know, it's, it, mental health is extremely important. And I think that it gets lost in translation as we get older and adults and you have families and things like that. Still take care of yourself. People would rather have you here and happy than anything. So I'm glad that you talked about therapy. That's good for yeah, you. For sure. In my, in my brain, it's like, like, it's just a mechanic. <laughs> it's like you take it. Yeah. And you, like, you know, you openly talk about your ADHD and like ADD. So it's like, a lot of people like you have a lot of ideas bouncing around all the time you know what i mean like it probably it helps it helps to talk to someone i'm sure uh what the i don't know if it really helps with the add it's more like uh you know, just, like you know you're like do what you're like hey i got this weird thought you're like that's that <laughs> is that one helping you probably not well let's work on it like there, see the, but it helps you you know it does help a little bit like my my brother has adhd so my younger brother zach i do not so i don't I don't know, but I was raised with a brother who has it. And my mom has adult one. So like living with both of them is a lot. So I know it can be a lot. I just don't have it myself. So we're, we're, we're two hours into this podcast and we're still kind of going. So like, I feel like you're ADD as a second language. Like you're like, you're, <laughs> like you're not a native, AD, but you're like, <laughs> yeah, my bad. I didn't realize it was that long. No, I can, I, I'm a talker. <laughs> that. that I, I, this, this is what this is for. So, uh, cool. I think we got a, a few more questions left from the community and then, uh, and then I will, oh shit, that's right. You're an hour, you're an hour east of me. I'm in don't central. Worry about it. Um, uh, okay. Uh, uh, Melody, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, Rolly. Rolly? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Melody Rolly asks, uh, what has been your favorite venue tournament to judge? I assume the tournament is going to be Worlds. Hmm. Hmm. Tribal. Tribal? Tribal with uh with my crew uh tri- Tribal was a lot of fun, you know? And it was a lot of fun because Rebecca let me just have full reign of the judges and we all worked together. I mean, her staff is amazing. Um her venue is awesome. I think that was my favorite one because I actually got to unwind and have a few drinks at the end and play the skills. World was amazing. Don't get me wrong, but that was definitely a lot of mental, mental work. Tribal was not just, it was mental, but I was able to, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, uh, have some fun there. I had a lot of fun at Tribal. That right now in 2022 is my favorite one. So the Mid-Atlantic tournament was my favorite one so far this year. Cool. Uh, another question from Melody. Um, How important is the rise of women in this sport? I think that it has its place. I think that it's very, I think it's very important to have women who feel comfortable in throwing in this sport. I grew up playing sports my entire life and I always played co-ed sports. Uh, There's a few like girls basketball teams that I was on stuff. So I do think that there is a need. Anyone can do the sport and that's why people get into it and that's why we advocate for it so much um and i think that the i mean there's some already amazing thrower uh women throwers who are up there with some of the top dogs you know Susie, fran leslie mel even with her big axe you know it, it is important nikki nikki knight she's another one um it's very important for women uh just just stay 
you know, just stay in it. And I think it's important just for the community as a whole. It's very easy for make for this to go one way or be divided. I, I don't want to see it divided. I do want it to see it continue to be a co-ed. Um, but yes, having women in the sport is still important. So it shows everyone that um, anyone, anyone can do this. And honestly, I do tend to forget about this question because at my home venue on my own leagues, we have like 34 throwers and over half of them are women. And I don't know if that has to do because I'm a woman venue owner. Um, cause obviously I own it with David as well, but like we, we have a very blended team, so there is a place for it, you know, and, and it's important. I think, uh, I'm excited to see what the women's council comes up with in the future. Uh, Jocelyn, for instance, she's, she's killing it as a teenage, you know, female thrower. Uh, so I just think as long as everyone keeps practicing pretty soon, we're going to have women up there at the top eight at on that stage you know it's it's going to be an exciting time so just keep at it hell yeah cool uh next question is from uh dustin vaughn i think this one's a silly one maybe kind of already answered uh have you reached out to a local dairy farm to sponsor a milk crate <laughs> not yet but i plan on, i i'm serious i think i might try to start a line of stools do you, if mario uh, doesn't do it i'm gonna do it do you think uh what, what's a good uh stool to to lane or target ratio like how many? Yeah, like, 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 would you want like, like, because I my I, dream would have each lane have its own fucking stool, so I don't have to hunt it down. But realistically, that's not going to happen. Um, so just at least one. Could you? Could I guess I for for venues where the the boards are like fixed on the wall? Could you just build a step? You could, but the issue is you don't want your normal customers climbing on that. Oh yeah, good call. That's the that's where the venue owner aspect of me is. So yes, technically you could, but again, the, another thing is those like that step might not be high enough for me still because I'm still shorter. You know, everyone's just a little different. But the milk crate really helped me. I might just start traveling with milk crate. It'll be my checked bag. You, just yeah, I mean, like, and it's good for carrying stuff in. And then once you're all yeah. set up, then it's just ready to go. And I felt the most sturdiest on it too. So, Tactical milk crate. The tactical milk crate, yes. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see. Do we have any other? Let's see. Um, uh, I think that was the last of them. So I think we got. I think we got through all the questions that uh, that you know, you know, like say I let you kind of go through and like kind of pick which ones. Uh, you know, you're like this is your time. Um, uh, is there any anybody that you want to plug? Any shout outs? Any sponsors that you do want to kind of uh, you know shine the spotlight on? I, I, I mean, my friends, I just want to thank, um, a lot of my friends who, uh, gave me a chance to head judge some other tournaments getting just started out, you know, even last year and earlier in this year. And, uh, they know who they are, but it is, um, it's exciting. I, I enjoy every single one of your guys' support. I'm going to do a small shout out to Lucas Johnson and Tyler Flynn, Michael Philobom. Rebecca and David Corley, uh, my fiance, David, I genuinely would not be able to do as much traveling as I did if it wasn't for him. And he's keeping up his end of the bargain. He's thrown his heart out. He's been a pro league since it started. He's a, you know, he's a top thrower. He's doing amazing. He juggles so much. He works his big boy job that I like to call it. Uh, but he's, he's the reason why I'm able to travel because he keeps me calm. 
you know, he's, he's my better half. Um, Mike Morton, I think you got, you are doing amazing things for this sport. Thank you so much for the invitation to do the WATC bill. A huge shout out to you for even doing this podcast. Um, people wanted it. You made it. You're doing it. And I'm, I'm even honored to be part of it. You know, I want to do a shout out to everyone in Ohio as well, because we're a close knit community and I, I love them all. Timber Beast, Savage, everyone. Cool. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for the shout out. I appreciate it. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm going to kind of redirect it. Cause like when I started the podcast, uh, I'm like, are, is there any? And I saw there's like one or two or a couple and none were like super active. And I don't think yeah. I've like, I've been like two episodes a month. And I think when I checked, I'm like, Oh, there hasn't been an episode in a couple months. So like, all right, maybe. And I, I didn't listen to any of them. And so I want to just kind of <laughs> proxy that shout out to, uh, shout out to John Bradley and the Philly taco. Cause I, I started listening, you know, after uh world's, I was like, Oh, I talked, I, I, I started listening to it. And I'm like, Oh, I basically stole their thing without realizing I did the, the engineer thing where I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go make something. And like, did you check to see if anybody else already made it first? No, nope. I just made one. And so I, uh, just lived up to a, a software engineer stereotype. I'm just building stuff that already exists, reinventing the wheel. So <laughs> you and my fiance both. So, <laughs> so well, cool. But I, I appreciate the shout out. So, uh, thank you. That's cool. And shout out to all those people that you just mentioned. Um, oh, I do want to do what well, I completely for throve. Hell yeah. I want to do a shout out to throve. Um, Jesse Hummel is an amazing person. The sacrifices that he has done for this sport, none of us will truly understand. Um, if you guys have not had a chance to chat with Jesse, do it. Jesse is the most kindest person I've ever met. His talent is amazing. Um, I really, I can't wait until we see each other again in the new year. I know him and I will cross paths at tournaments and things like that. But Jesse, your hard work does not go unnoticed. You are very loved in this community. I know that. Um, but yeah, I, I can't believe I almost forgot that there for a moment. I'm glad I remembered. I would have fucking been pissed if I finished. And I was like, I didn't even do a shout out to Jesse. Um, yeah, no, shout out to him. He's He's an amazing person. For sure. Plus one. Also, you wouldn't be uh, the first person to message me as soon as I click as the recording stops. Like, I wanted to talk about X. Like, <laughs> and it's like, all right, I forgot to ask you about Y. So it's cool. No worries. <laughs> um, hell yeah. Uh, shout out, Jesse. Uh, actually, uh, J- uh, Jesse was the first. For those that don't know, Jesse was the very first episode that I ever did of the podcast. And then he was also my first repeat guest. I think it was uh, two episodes ago. Episode 22. So. Shout out, shout out, Jesse Hummel, Throw, Throve. Uh, I remember. Yeah, I go by Throw now because I, I he I asked I asked for the proper pronunciation uh, a couple weeks ago. So, um, hell yeah, um, cool, Tabitha. It's been a pleasure. I think this, you know, we we definitely get, didn't get to talk for two <laughs> hours at World, so this is cool. Uh, yes. Everybody, make sure thank thank your judges. Thank your judges. Thank your fucking judges. This is a thankless job. It goes a long way. I can't tell you how many times a judge has been like, oh, my God, Tyler Flynn said hi to me. Or, oh, my God, I just spoke to John. Or I spoke to Luke. Like, people know you. Say thank you. And hello. All right? It's not hard. Yeah. Cool. Um, I guess where uh, where will people see you next? Where's uh, that first stop on, on, on oh, your, on your tour? On uh, my first stop, for sure, uh... I'm supposed to be 
at doing the pro series circuit. Uh, so I, we're supposed to be in Texas, I think there. Um, you would ask me this. I don't, I'm on a holiday right now, Bill. Um, I don't, I don't need an answer. It's more like if you have the information, want to share it, but I don't even know every, I know I'm going to be like in Michigan, going to be at Titan town. I'm going to be at throw Ohio doing the circuit series. I'll be at the U S open. Um, I'll be at Riverbend. I don't know. I'm not head judging that as of right now. You're going to be able like to throw Ohio. Questions. Get out of town. I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> uh, hopefully I see you there again this year. I, I will be there. I, I, oh, you, I don't need a lot of motivation. Uh, like Ohio, are you trying to get me to go to Ohio in August? I'm down. You're like, hey, come during February. Ooh, it's a, yeah, that's a, tall, it's a tall order. <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. Yeah, I'll be around for sure. So I'll talk to you soon, Bill. Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, Tabitha. Adios. Bye.